1: What's happening, weirdos? Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Patton Oswalt finally comes to the program. I say finally because he and I were going back and forth for quite a while trying to find the right uh, date and time that worked for both of us. And here it is. He's on the show, and I'm so excited. Let's get to it. He also has a book, Patton, called Silver Screen Scene. Comes out January 6th. It's available for pre-order now. And the sponsor of this show is Squarespace. Squarespace, we all know this. We love Squarespace. They've been around for ten years. Uh, Uh, They're the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. They're constantly improving their platforms with new features, new designs, and even better support. They have beautiful designs for you to start with, and they have a ton of style options so you can create a unique website for you or your business. They released 20 new customizable templates this past year, and every design automatically includes a mobile experience that matches the overall style of your website so the content looks great on every device, every time. Squarespace is incredibly easy to use with simple drag-and-drop tools, but if you need help, Squarespace has an amazing support team that works 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There's a completely redesigned customer help site for easier access to self-help articles and video workshops. The new Squarespace metric app For iPhone and iPad, also allows you to check site stats like page views, unique visitors, and social media follows. With the blog app, you can make uh, text updates with tap-and-drag images to change layouts and monitor comments on the go. I like it because I don't know HTML when I need to make a website like YouMadeItWeird.com or whatever it is. You use Squarespace, simple, easy, and it starts at just $8 a month and includes a free domain name if you sign up for one year. So start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure you use the offer code WEIRD to get 10% off and show your support for You Made It Weird. Thank you, Squarespace, for your support. Uh, And as for tour dates, everybody, just go to PeteHolmes.com. We've got Bloomington, Indiana coming up, and I believe we have uh, Iowa City this Friday. And then I believe Gilda's, uh, Gildas Laugh Fest in Grand Rapids, Michigan are the ones that come to mind. But go to PeteHomes.com or look those things up independently. It's been great seeing weirdos out on the road. Thank you guys for coming out. And uh, we're ba- I'm glad to be back. Here's Patton Patton Oswald. How
2: are you doing, man?
1: Good, man. I'm great. How I'm going to put these on.
2: How many podcasts <laughs> do they record up here?
1: Is it, is it a lot? You know, every time I go to the Nerdist site, I don't know what it says about me, mm-hmm. but there's always a new podcast, and I always feel like it's getting pushed harder than ours. <laughs> or, or
2: because, you know, it's just because it's new, Pete. Come on. Uh, no,
1: I, it's not even like a uh, typical comedian insecurity, but it takes me about 20 minutes to find, because right. I'm looking to read like a comment or something. Yeah. I can never find it. And then there's like 50 new people, which is fine. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. Maybe it is Typical comedian insecurity, but it's not my favorite thing. Right, no, To admit, it's not fun. It's oh. not my favorite fun. How are uh, you, man? I, I'm good. Hang on a minute. No action. reply. This thing. Hit it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Um, are we already recording? Yeah, we can record. Well, it we if just you jump right into it, then. Yeah. Oh, I like that. No preamble. <laughs> no, uh, no pre-interview. None of that. So, what topic should we cover? What? Yeah, <laughs> Something Pete could bring up and you could just riff on this little starter thing. What's going on with you? I was seeing on uh, on your Instagram that uh, you had an encounter with a squirrel. Would you like to talk about that? Oh,
1: I feel like most radio people on the road have gotten over that, but every like you'll yes. do three in a morning,
2: and well, no, one of them even, will still load you into. Three. I was talking about like pre-interviews for talk shows. On oh, wow. they have taken no, you know It's weird. They have adopted. The morning the radio. morning radio thing. Like it used to be you'd go on yeah. Carson to be like, we'll smoke a cigarette and see what happens. And now it's they want it all scripted. And yeah, you're right. Now morning radio, especially terrestrial radio, because it's sort of dying. Yeah. They've relaxed. <laughs> and, and, and it's getting kind of interesting again because you're just going, hey, it doesn't. no one's listening. What are they going to do? They're going to fire me? There's they have, there's no yeah. one trying to get this job. I right, can't right. be fired.
1: I also think the the, the premium has shifted. Uh, not, yeah. not to put it in a serious way, but I feel like people don't want to hear, like, Chico and the boy. They, right, they want exactly. to hear, like, Phil and his struggling marriage. <laughs> I mean, that's what Stern did, and that's what all the podcasts do. But I also, yeah. that's what your comedy does. It was interesting. I was listening to your album on the way over, your new one, uh-huh. which is fantastic, by the way. Thank you so much. You're just
2: rubbing
3: your face. No, I just was <laughs> taking that in that you was
2: well, Also no, I'm going to be I'm going to be honest when you mentioned my str- people struggles. Yeah. I immediately thought of like the five other things I need to get done before Saturday basically yeah. and I'm just I I fell into my struggle
1: hey. I'm doing that all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just before I came to this podcast I got an email that was like uh so it's an on tape for Silicon Valley which is great. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, that's great, but it has to be done by tomorrow. Tomorrow, and I leave for Nebraska or something tomorrow oh. so I'm just like I'm with you one of the one of the weird things about life is that I think that presence all the best phone calls, all the yeah. best sex, all the best meals, all the best moments I've ever had in my life where, 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 like, air stands still a little bit. Nothing magical is happening, but you manage to slip into the moment. Yes. And then so much of my life, I'm looking forward to this. No, you're yeah. a guest that I've been waiting to get for a long time, but I'm still kind of like,
2: I'm going to do that tape. That stuff is, yeah. Who cares? To f- yeah, exactly. It's, but, the, make this good. You know what basically, what Pete and I do we 're apologizing to you, the listener right now, we because have, this is going to be weird <laughs> th- what you 're listening to is the eighth thing on our mind at this point, but
1: it always is. I had a phone call with my mother on Sunday, and for some reason, I had an easier time grasping the idea that that was all that was happening in the universe at that moment you know See, what i mean I'm
2: st- i 'm i 'm starting to lose that a little bit and, and, and again it it goes back into. Constantly checking my phone. I mean, I, what I was doing before, I I was making sure my phone was off. I yep. didn't want it going on no, I understand. while this podcast was happening. But I still will go to that. And it's like, why don't you make – I'm so aware of what someone has texted me, what someone's tweeting, but a lot of times I don't pay enough attention to. The person in front of me, and right. those people are, even when they don't speak to you, are full of information. Yeah, they're full of clues yeah. and connections. It's like, th- I think that's one of the reasons why we love uh, Sherlock Holmes, especially the new Sherlock Holmes, is he's noticing everything. He's yeah. Kind of, oh, this guy's plugged in. Well, you can tell he's a superhero because not only is he hyper aware and observing things, he also tweets and Facebooks constantly. So that <laughs> he with manages those to do two both. two still, <laughs> it's like it's like Babe Ruth you know, hitting home runs when he's hung over. <laughs> like, yeah, that guy was a
1: Superman. He was holding a turkey leg yeah. when he hit that yeah. last home run. <laughs> he pointed to where he was
2: going to hit it with the turkey leg. Basically, if if Babe Ruth had had a nutritionist and a massage therapist, yeah, and uh, you know, a, and, and a and a uh, personal trainer, he would have been Superman. That's... <laughs> That's Superman, if you never watch what you eat and yeah. just fuck anything that gets in front of you, that's what, what, Superman would turn into Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth was Superman on the way out. Yeah, it, yes, like, he was. Like, fuck everything Superman. Yeah, it's, he was fuck everything Superman. <laughs> didn't the, did they, Yeah. I
1: feel like the uniforms didn't even have numbers. I know he was number three, but I feel like back then, like, the home, well, not only the that, home was, jersey
2: didn't have numbers. Yeah, and all that, there was no such thing as lycra. They were just wearing basically just <laughs> wool pajamas tucked in. Kind of lousy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. just stinky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care. They had two
1: sizes. It was like regular yeah. guy, fat guy.
2: That, that, yeah, that is. That's, that was the most tailoring you got.
1: <laughs> I love his little legs. I've always gotten, it's been a go-to comedy Although, point of mine is his little legs.
2: Back then, there wasn't, they didn't call it regular guy, fat guy. It was Fat guy was the healthy, robust yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. filled and out. And regular guy was sickly. Yeah. And like, that's the unhealthy one. Back in the day, I
1: remember I went to Africa and I, you know, I've got a little extra uh, ice mm-hmm. cream in my milkshake. I don't feel bad about myself. <laughs> But I'm a little yeah. doughy, right. and especially back then, when I was 17 years old, which is when I went. I was I was extra doughy, and they thought that was so attractive. That meant that it, it oh, is that 1948 were... in Africa in in oh. whatever it was. It was like 1998 or something, and they were like, "Oh, this guy has uh, the cash."
2: That guy can definitely fill the refrigerator. <laughs> but on Matt Oh, I got to hook up with that guy. <laughs> He's going to have me in custard pies until I'm dead. This is how we do our African accent. It's like, <laughs> no. oh boy, well, here no, comes a lion <laughs> down the Serengeti. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm thinking that everyone in Africa is a 1948 film noir uh, character. It's John Mulaney. Yeah. Hi, welcome to Botswana. How you doing? What's your hurry? Yeah, <laughs> give me a hat. You that's want a jokes? that makes old-timey baseball so funny is that all the footage seems sped up. <laughs> because every, That's right, because everything was under cranked back then. No. <laughs> I, honestly, it was. I, I just read that the guy. You know the guy that does the uh, the Hindenburg announcement when it's crashing. Yeah. Goes, oh my God! They met <laughs> well, the way that it was recorded, it actually was sped up. That's not how he sounded. And really? You go on YouTube and listen to it at the speed it's supposed to be at. <sighs> I mean, it's still he's freaking out, but it isn't that kind of... It's not like, oh, the
3: humanity!
2: You know, oh, this is the most horrible thing I've ever seen. It's more normal. You
1: know what's crazy is that guy, well, I can't suppose what he's thinking, but maybe Mm -hmm. he did go home and go like, I nailed it with that, oh, the humanity thing. (laughs) Like, he saw something terrible, but he was like, I kind of think I said a catchphrase today.
2: Yeah, and I've also heard that... The, the way that people spoke in old movies, the way that Americans spoke on screen, it's something called – it's not the way that people actually spoke back then. It was this thing that they, they learned, that yeah. actors were taught. It was called, I think it's called the continental accent. Interesting. And it is not how – actual Americans spoke, Right, it was this thing that was, and, and then Americans began speaking like that because that's what they saw in films. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I've
1: heard the same thing about like the way that mafiosos kind of speak was influenced heavily by like Goodfellas and stuff like oh, that. Oh,
2: well, the whole movie, The Godfather, uh, the, the, Mario Puzo wrote it because he had massive gambling debts. And he, he Wait, had, is this a bit? Cause no, no, I I'm believe not. Everything. No, 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 a no, no. Comedy bit. I actually, this was. Does is what
1: this I, end with like, and you're a dick?
2: And Fuck you! <laughs> yeah, once again, you're I walked in, right into it. You're in the barrel, oh. Oswald. In the barrel, oh. <laughs> Sparrow. Play my sound effect, gunshot. Um, he wrote a book before The Godfather, and there was a, a Lone shark character or something, like a minor mafioso character. Yeah. For a couple of pages, and his agent said, "Hey, that was a cool. That'd be a good book, just to, that guy." And he's like, "Really?" And and then he got into all these. He was in some kind of debt, I think, for gambling. And yeah. so basically, his agent said, "I can get you, you know, like five grand if you just crank some out." So he wrote The Godfather. Every bit of mafia lore in that book, he just made it up. Really, all the stuff about can't refuse requests on my with day, of my daughter's wedding, and the Sicilian message, and oh. all the weird. He goes, "I ah, just make it up," and then. What, because at the time, mafiosos, they're just thugs. They were just basically thugs. Yeah. But because of that book and then the movie, they all began acting
1: yes. think, that
2: way. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that weird? But I, I
1: think about this all the time. I, I think I asked John Hamm when he did the show. I was like, do you feel like more people are smoking because of Mad Men? And oh, he gave me the right man. answer, which was, I don't know.
2: Yeah, there you go. Which is
1: a, which <laughs> is a right a- I wasn't trying to trap him. This no, is no, on no, shock yeah. radio. Yeah. But I, we're dumb fucking idiots. You know, Maybe. and we want shit. Yeah. And, you know, I think this is something you talk about in, in your act. It's it's nuanced with that humanity of just like... Even the lean cuisine bit, you know what I mean? And you're just right. like, you shouldn't look at a lean cuisine, but you do. You look at yeah. a lean cuisine and you do go, woo because you're a fucking dummy and you're wired like a dummy in, in the ways that we're all wired like dummies. Well,
2: you're also... You're wired to this thing of you want... You will, you will accept the illusion of having control over your destiny over actually taking control over it. Wow. So if I'm looking... At the back of a lean cuisine box, and okay, fat calories. Oh, so maybe I need to think. No, why don't you go and run and, yeah. and eat salads and lean? Right. Well, I, it's much easier if I look at the side of this white rectangle. It's another thing that's and being it,
1: sold to you, exactly. Right? Certainty,
2: and they're selling you the idea that oh, I've taken control. Yeah, that's right. Um, here, I. This not is my Rocky you, montage. <laughs> <laughs> you're not
1: only lean, but you're having cuisine. Cuisine.
2: That's oh. like that's not food. Wait a minute, cuisine. A, I never even thought of that. Whoever thought of that? Whoever thought of the name for that product? Yeah, he got he did a victory lap around the yeah. conference table. It and was the guy. He was yeah. I had other <laughs> humanity and I had lean <laughs> cuisine, and
1: he's he's killing it. He's a, he's two for two. But it's yeah. true. I was, uh, you know, talking about morning radio at the beginning. I just did a morning radio appearance to promote a date that was so close to selling out. So you're kind of like, what, what, what city my... were you in? I forget. That, uh-huh. I'm not. I'm not dodging. I honestly. Oh, forget. no, no. That's it. I think it might have been Phoenix.
2: Wait a minute. What did now? Well, when you say you did morning radio, did you go into the studio or did you call? I went in? into the
1: studio. Oh wow. Okay. I flew in a night early. Oh. In fact, now I'm remembering it wasn't sold out. Oh. I was like, oh, I don't really move the needle in Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> I might wanna, uh, a lot hmm. of people came out. I mean, they're listening right now, and I appreciate that. Yeah. But, like, it didn't sell out, so I'm doing morning radio. I, I better go fly or the street. <laughs> <laughs> Brabiglia. J- oh,
2: Did really? you know
1: that? He used to hire street teams. No kidding. Yeah, he'd, he'd give, like, for a college show or something. That didn't really matter. It wasn't like right. he got more money. But he'd hire, he'd give a couple free albums out. Forgive me, Mike, if I'm misrepresenting you. But he'd give some albums out. Maybe, I don't mm-hmm. know if it was cash. It'd get a few enthusiastic, you know, cab, sack, those types of kids to like just promote it and more people will come to the show. Smart. I've never had, I was just talking to Mulaney about this, Mm -hmm. how difficult it is.
2: There's nothing funny about promoting yourself. (laughs) It is Right okay. It's so tell, hard for us to do it Tell me the radio story And then I'll tell you Why okay. promoting yourself Why I'll tell you why Promoting myself Gives me so much anxiety Look
1: I wrote promote exactly. And then uh, The radio story is very simple But it goes back to Lean Cuisine Was mm. We were talking about Ebola Because it was in the news <laughs> Fun morning radio Yeah stuff. exactly Yeah yeah and I and I wonder what you think about this. I don't even know if this is correct. I haven't really given it much thought since I said mm-hmm. it. But I was like, it's Ebola or it's gang violence or it's you know uh, your artery. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you're gonna die. Yeah. And the news wants to give you the lean cuisine box to say like you're empowered. You're you're right. not
2: you're not going to the Ebola place. Or they want you to tune in so they can sell advertise them by going. We, there's a problem you don't know about, and there's a solution Which that only is, we know about. You've got right. to wait until do you eleven. Mean,
1: do you mean? Oh, yeah, that too. I, I thought you tell meant you. even more esoterically, just the ads. Because I think there is something salving about a Buick. You know what I
2: mean? Like, no, that's the whole thing. Is and that's why <laughs> ad ad revenues for news programs, especially a lot of the a lot of these clickbait websites, do great ad sales because yeah. it's all. Uh, panic, 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 and then over here right. on the banner ad is the solution. Well, that goes back to
1: cigarettes, advertising, you know, uh, Mad Men cigarettes. I can't watch a movie where someone eats pizza and not want pizza. Ice cream yeah. is also a very suggestible food. But there's also so, yeah. we're these idiots that it really works in that way. You scare me. And then I'll be the first to admit, I remember the first time I ordered an iPad, I remember thinking, I can't die because it's on the way.
2: I have to be here oh, to sign yeah, for it. yeah, that's... It, it helped me understand i have a check mark in a future calendar square so it's that puts me in this reality that's safe right. until that happens that's right
1: quentin tarantino said he felt like he couldn't die because he hadn't made pulp fiction yet he was on a terribly turbulent airplane and he was like i can't die i haven't made like a sense of purpose mine was Damn. just picking
2: up an ipad and the same with so, – new- You know what? you'll you, Anything that works. Yeah, new bit. Anything that works. I had my, my – um I mean a new bit will do it. I don't mean like
1: this is a new bit. I mean like writing a new bit will make you look forward to it. Go the,
2: on. Well, no. The therapist that I go to, I went to him because my wife, after she had our daughter, uh, went through some postpartum depression and then went to see him. And he said two things. He was just seeing her and I was looking for a new therapist. And – so then she told me these two things that he said. I'm like, oh, that's my guy. Yeah. Here are the two things he said. Oh, I was First hoping. First was, I wish we could abolish the phrase in case of postpartum depression. You, you, everyone who gives birth has depression afterward. Is that and, right? and they've made it seem like, well, the super moms won't get it. So, th- right. so, And it puts all this anxiety on young mothers who give birth and then they feel like a shitty human being because then they're depressed. Like your whole body – just got scooped out and rearranged. You're going to be fucking depressed.
1: I get exhausted pitching a a reality show at a TLC. (laughs) People
2: get depressed. (laughs) I'm sad the rest of the day. You're questioning existence. (laughs) And then the second thing he said was he started her on some medication, and she came in the next week, and she said, well, I've been taking the medication that you gave me for six days now, and I'm feeling a a lot better, but I know that this stuff doesn't kick in. For six weeks. Mm-hmm. So so I, I just feel weird that I'm – I know that I'm riding high on a placebo effect. Right. Um, and then he goes, do you want my honest opinion? She goes, yeah. He goes, who gives a shit? Yeah. It's worth you're happier. You right. can function. Right. Let's just get you functioning and then yeah. we'll work on the and I'm like, that's my guy. That's your guy. Yeah. That's
1: great. There we go. My therapist, I, I bet you'll <laughs> like this guy too. He goes, Happiness is overrated. He's like, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Why are you going for happy? He's like, yeah. You don't you know, Conan, I don't think you'd mind me saying Conan said that too. He's looking for a steady. He wants to be steady. So I want to be steady. Not, not high I don't- or
2: low. I, I want <laughs> I want blues and pinks. I just want to avoid the blacks and the reds. Yeah, Because the red is when you're manic and you're burning everything out. The black is when you want to kill yourself. I don't mind blues. I don't mind pinks. I'm good with those. That's I can very totally function.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. Well, we can talk about promoting. That's well, what okay. I had here's down. the thing,
2: and, and I'm wondering if you have the same um, anxiety when you because you know as we're comedians, so you want to be. Very aware of as aware as you can be of life and of things that are going on so you can write new material and yeah. generate new yeah I, I hate to use the word content, but we are a this is a content based business we are in we yeah. have to, when you 're promoting pr- promotion is the absolute least creative thing you can do, and you're being told don't be don't create stuff here just tell us the exact same simple thing over and over again yeah. to sell the product you just made but what you need to be doing is so like i'll have an album or a book come out now the album's out i got to go on tour i got to generate new material but the time that i'm spending promoting it i'm right. not generating any new material right so that's what creates anxiety so for you're me in a is rep. this is i know that look I, i'm i'm all about create promote repeat create promote repeat but promote is a Right now, you, the the creation, which is the is the is the fuel of your life, has right. been cut off. Right. While you're promoting,
1: when you're promoting, you're predicting tomorrow too. Like when you're creating, yeah. you're in that moment, and when you're yeah. promoting, you're like, you will like this book or this show or this moment, and you're and you're stuck in some sort of hypothetical
2: future. Right. But when you're
1: creating, it's beautiful. I think that's one of the reasons why guys like us, I'm just going to go ahead and include you, enjoy the stage because that is a very truly present yes.
2: time. A- and there's nothing better than when you like. It, it's that unspoken thing if you go on stage and, and what you're singing, like, I've got new stuff for you guys. I know. I've got new stuff. I'm so excited to show you this. Yeah. Rather than, you know, it, again, I love that I have fans, but I do. I never want to have them pay to see me, and then I do something that they've already heard. I well, you want told it to me be, that. You know, it You've, drives me
1: nuts. I've quoted you on this show many times because you said you can go back to a city and do the same act once. Well,
2: <laughs> and, well, when you're quoting me. You're quoting something that Chris Rock said to me. Is that right? Yeah, he goes. You can go back to a city. That guy's big you, enough. You Let's can, say you said it. Yeah, you can do. Yeah, it's true. He's got enough. He come on, give me something. No, no. He told. He said to me. He said, look. You can go back. They'll be very happy to see you, and they'll go, oh, that's that album I like. They, they'll never say anything hateful, but the next time you come around, they'll go, I, I know what that guy does. I don't need to go see right, him. Right, yeah. You know, but if you go out and, like, I, it's new every time, yeah. then they never want to miss you.
1: Yeah, that's great. Let me, let's talk a little bit about the – you know what? I'm, I'm like, mm. let, we're going to bang this out. <laughs> that's, my, that's my gift. I was like, we're going to dive in, and we're going to mm-hmm. be in it. I think it's, I think it's bold and, and very important – that uh, you talk about some of the blacker feelings in, in all of your work. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, I, I don't want to make us feel depressed right no, now. No, no. But it's funny because if I wasn't doing this podcast right now, my inclination would be like I, it's one of those Chinese food and drink scotch afternoons for me. Oh. And that's what it looks like for me. Really? <laughs> yeah. I want to play my uh, Shadows of Mordor, which is this video game where you're just killing orcs.
2: I have it. There's a free flash game. It is the most mindless, pointless game. It's called Gemcraft Chasing. Shadows, and you just <laughs> oh, it both... also has shadows in the name. Uh, shadows. But see, that's you... all I need to be like. There's more. Yeah, there you go. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're
1: both
2: playing a shadows game. And you, yeah, and you just um, build little towers with gems. I and mean, the gems shoot monsters. Yeah, and it's just and and I will kill, and then I'll just re-listen to like YouTube clips of of like Noam Chomsky talking about. Society collapsing, or while you're playing or it, or old while I'm playing it, yeah, or or like it just this weird and, and it's just it's pure comfort food. It's it's I'm turning my depression into comfort food and that's dangerous when you uh, when you, make you look forward that, to it I look forward to it it's you time and I, and I and I make it sound like I gotta go to my office I gotta answer all these emails I gotta write all these papers, and I don't do any of it yeah you know or I just leave 10 minutes at the end right and then I bitch about it I never get to read stuff I don't get to watch movies well you just bit four hours out of your day I know just repeating the same but crap see, over is, and over this is again. the
1: big question for me of life of the life that I'm leading is like how do you manufacture wonder and interest in Curiosity, Because when I'm alone, like my girlfriend will go out for mm-hmm. several hours and I'm like, mm. this is what you're talking about, Painty. Yeah, it's time to crack that book. It's time to paint that painting or whatever it is that I think I'm going to do. Right? And then it often ends up... Uh, and I'm not saying there isn't a value to burning a day. I call it like burning a day. You play a video game. I'm not talking about getting shit house. I'm talking about one or two delicious... I was going to bring it because I know you like scotch. Have you ever oh. had Hibiki?
2: Oh, God, yeah. yeah it's yeah, real that, good. That, Japanese. Um, and it's made from that specific... Like wheat or it's some kind of yeah. I, oh, I wouldn't even. Thank know. you for because I can't. Uh, as much as I love scotch, I I know that I can't drink it at four o'clock on a weekday <laughs> anymore. That's another thing too. Is <laughs> I have the exact same tolerance for alcohol and I yeah. love it. Yeah, but it you reach a certain age where your body goes, you can enjoy this. Just know from this point on, the hangovers are ten times more intense. Is that right? As you get older, yeah. Can
1: I tell you why I actually have started being like, if I'm gonna drink, I'm gonna drink it four. And and stop at five Ooh, tell rather me. than the evening. That's very Mad Men of you, by the way. Yeah, I know, but I'm not in an office and I'm not making any money.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, well, Mad is okay. There you go. No, no, no.
1: I agree. <laughs> I'm not saying uh, I deserve to do it. It's just like it's very unproductive when I. At least they're working. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know Ah, what I mean?
1: They're getting things done. They're getting the ivory account in. It's because of something... I didn't know this term. Somebody just told me this. Drinker's Dawn. Do you know what that is? Drinker's Dawn? No. Drinker's Dawn is when you wake up at like four in the morning to pee or sometimes shit, depending on how much toxins are in your body. Oh. Because what I was doing for a very long time was, again, not a heavy drinker, but a habitual drinker. So like at the end of the day... One to two glasses of wine to help you unwind. Go to bed. Unwind. Go to bed. And the problem with that is uh, he did an episode of this podcast. It's called Inside Pete's Brain with Dr. Tim Royer. Tim Mm -hmm. Royer has been working with me. And he's like, well, when you drink alcohol to fall asleep, that's fine. But after four hours, your body's going to get rid of the toxins. And it's going to wake you up four hours into your sleep cycle, which is exactly when you're supposed to be getting your deepest sleep. Oh, no. And I was like, that's a thing. So I've been running it by my friends. And they're like, yeah, that's drinker's dawn. That's why you get up before anyone else is up and you're peeing or whatever it is. Oh. And it's it's interrupting the best time of your sleep. So in my own fucked up way, I'm like, ah, the solution is to
2: drink earlier. <laughs>
1: I'm going to drink at 4 o'clock because it'll be out of my system by the time I say it kind of works if you don't well, have that something was, to do. No,
2: that was like uh, – and this is a rumor that I've heard so I can't – but I heard that the guys in Pantera – Their drinking got so bad that they were some of the members were losing control of their bowels. So their solution was to wear adult diapers. And keep drinking at the rate they were drinking. Yeah, they're well, here we go. He's saying I can't drink before bed, I'll drink in the day.
1: (laughs) But like here's the thing that's really complex is like you 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 mentioned uh, applying urgency, going like I'll go to my office and I'll fuck around all day, oh, yeah. and then in the last ninety minutes, you
2: know, I create this artificial deadline that didn't need to be there, and I could have taken more time with what I was working. on. But isn't
1: on. it that is that's one of the cheap fuels that the machine can run on? There's better fuels. I I'm-
2: I know. No no. Hey, anxiety. Sometimes I know people that um, there's a. a Uh, A a writer named Jane Espenson, she -hmm. wrote on uh, Buffy and Firefly. She's amazing, and she does a thing called the Writer's Sprint. And she'll tweet it out, like, Writer's Sprint, next hour. Just write – see how much you can do in an hour, even Hmm. if it's just staring in anger at the page. (laughs) But, like, just give yourself one hour of doing – don't check Facebook, don't check your phone. Yeah. She she calls it Writer's Sprint, and she ends up getting a lot of stuff done. Really? And she gets – done the work that she needed to get done that she had laid out eight hours for in her writer's sprint, well, and now i got time to fuck around a little bit. I don't feel bad about
1: it. I'm going to throw this your way, Pat, and oh, I wonder boy. if this, this works for you. Talking All about right. bad fuels for the machine. Yeah. So I'll do something, and I'm again, I, I'm being a little bit defensive here. I don't do this often, Chinese food and scotch in the day, mm-hmm. but when I do it, The next day or even that evening will often be very productive because I did something that made me feel guilty. Oh, God. And then the rest of the day I'm fighting against that.
2: I kind of blew today. (laughs) So right now – and I'm just letting you know I might blow – tomorrow is Friday – And I don't have it. I don't have to be anywhere. Yeah. So I'm like tomorrow. I'm I'm gonna get 900 things done because I'm so angry about yeah wasted today. I mean, (laughs) basically, I would not that I'm saying being on this no no no. I I, I was gonna do all this stuff before I got here. Yeah. And I did none of it. And I played Gemcraft Chasing Shadows, and I listened (laughs) to. um, There's an Opie and Anthony clip of them. They're they're analyzing Joe Piscopo's Showtime special, and it's this fascinating. I mean, it's a it's a long clip where they just go through a bit by bit, and, and to me, it's just this kind of fascinating nightmare, like, would that happen to me as a performer? Because it's apparently this train wreck of a show. Yeah. That they are analyzing, not even in a mean way, like, wow, how is this? Oh, really? How is this on TV? What was going through his mind when this happened? Oh, it wasn't just a bad set. He filmed it and released it. It was his Showtime special. Oh, no. And it's just really, it, it's oh. this weird, almost, um, like, uh... It's almost like a Lawrence Olivier in the Entertainer kind of thing. Of wow, showbiz can go down that alleyway. Yeah. You know I mean, I look. Yeah, there, I think one of the best ways to do, the reason that I make jokes about my depression on stage is one of the best ways to deal with depression is to wink at it and laugh. The minute you make a joke about anything, then you can you can deal with it. Yeah, and it, and it becomes a manageable thing. You know that you can then. You know, because the, the the bad things in the world, the bullies and the stuff, they want you, they want to do things to you that damage you so much that it, it's like, I am the darkest chapter in their book, and that was something, I'm something, I'm not something that they can laugh at. Mm. So if you start laughing at that, <clears throat> that's how you get your, your, your control back. Yeah. There, there was a, a years ago, there, I mean, I'm, I can't, of course, I'm bringing it back to comic books, but. There's a uh, there was a series called Untold Tales of Spider-Man, and he, you know, that Spider-Man always makes these god awful jokes. Like almost, they seem like he's on purpose saying right. the worst joke he can think of. <laughs> he's like a dad. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> so he's fighting some guy um, called like the uh, the the Black Knight or something like that, some villain, and this guy is very just a badass. So and he keeps cracking these stupid jokes, and it's enraging him. And then. He he. Spiderman lets up, like, "Yeah, I do this because it makes you so angry you can't think straight, and then yeah. I win." Yeah, it's almost an Ali thing where I'm just doing the um. Right. I'm, this thing that you think is so serious, right? If you think you are owed something from the world, so you've made yourself this all powerful thing. Well, I'm just going to make fun of every. I'm going to treat this so stupidly, right? Like such BS that it's going to enrage you. So that's when I look at dark things like depression and rape and violence and racism, I want to laugh at them because right. then it reduces their power.
1: Yeah, Zach, Zach <laughs> said that too. Galifianic. He was talking about uh, making fun of racism because he finds it so absurd. Instead yeah. of instead of being a thing that like you can't even reference, he was yeah. like, no, it's, I love that word. He was like, it's absurd, it, so I we're going to be is,
2: absurd back. The fact that it's 2014 and there are people that – Still, it's twenty. Not only is it twenty fourteen, but look at what's happening in the world. And there are people like, if we could just stop gays from marrying, right, that's going to fix everything. You're right. like, Wow, you are a Monty Python character, <laughs> and I'm going and I'm going to treat you as such.
1: Right. And then the, there's the lightness with which you treat yourself. I know you're talking. You are oh, talking yeah. about treating yourself. Mm. So you have your depression, and that's your black knight, and I you're take- making fun of him.
2: I take my comedy very seriously, but I take myself—I do not take myself seriously at all. Yeah, and and that includes everything that's associated with me. Right, you know that's how you just because you, you're—it's—it's it's a way of reminding your depression. You're—you're you're just renting time inside of me. Mm. You're just a guest here. You're not, you know. I'm not your servant right so you know that's and I do that through jokes and through just being a goofball I think
1: I I know you've been in these situations I was just having this conversation about how dangerous it is to believe your own hype whatever it is
2: (laughs) oh yeah and and don't (laughs) think I have not crawled inside my own head yeah but you can't give up I I forgot who said this I think it was Ram Dass no it wasn't Chris Chris Ram Dass about how do you give up you know how do you um like how do you defeat your own ego or how do you let go of your ego he goes well you can't let go of something unless you have it first. Hmm. So you have to have it. you gotta, and you got to kind of wink at your bad traits. And yeah. Go, oh, yeah, I do that. Well, it's funny you that know. you say that because it conjures up the
1: image in my mind that we're all this block of granite and your ego is this ball that's in the granite. <laughs> yeah. And you have to chisel out the sides of it so you can move it around and play with it. Yeah. I actually think the ego... I just had this fairly interesting conversation with my mother. She's very religious, Mm -hmm. where I was kind of realizing we were saying very similar things, where I was like, you're talking about the devil, Mm -hmm. and I'm talking about my mind. Yeah. Lying to me. Yeah. They call Satan the deceiver, Mm -hmm. trying to take me. She's talking about heaven or the kingdom of heaven, and I'm talking about presence. It was a real epiphany. I was like, we're saying the same things. Well, that's why- You call it the devil, and I call it- My mind my ego
2: when I say that I think religion is fake i'm not i don't put i'm not saying it's fake because I think it's bullshit and needs to be abolished i'm saying it's fake i'm almost saying it in a um, uh, I, i'm 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 saying it's fake as a compliment we we we're, we're born with all of these these uh um, these uh malfunctions and mm. damages in us, and somebody Whereas you and I call it, well, my mind is fucking with me, and oh, it's my ego. Someone said, "Oh, I'm just going to make up this whole pantheon." Right. Well, um, a myth a thing called the devil. You just did it. That. You yeah. did it with the mythology of Spider-Man. You well, said yeah. the Black Knight helps me understand my depression. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, but all those guys were. I mean, if you look, read the history of Marvel, the history of DC, any, or the history, by the way, the history of orchestral composing, or sculpture, or dance, those were people going, "I'm going to create this other thing mm-hmm. to deal with shitty, awful things that I see, not only happening." to me a lot of times like if i'm making a joke or or trying to make fun of rape or or rapist or racism it's because i'm so sick that those things exist Mm -hmm. and why the fuck is that in why is that in this world that i'm in right so the only way for me to deal with it is to go okay i'm gonna make it look stupid Mm -hmm. and and make it you know so that so but it's the same thing where you know uh, stan lee and jack kirby and all their you know friends they're they're Jews living in New York in the early <laughs> 40s and, and or late 30s, and they see Hitler and not and all this awfulness. Mm-hmm. So like, okay, we're going to create Doctor Doom and the Red Skull, and then Captain America is going to come along and punch him. Right on you know they literally they drew Captain America punching Hitler on the. I first, know, you know, I remember. So that's just their way of like, I don't have any power right now. How the fuck? Well, I I don't I can't punch out Hitler, right. but I can create this mass idea that makes fun of him. Right. You know, and, Did you re- and oh, sorry. takes him down. No, no, go ahead. What was the Ramdas thing? I kinda cut you off. Forgive mm. me. Somebody asked him about how do you get rid of your ego? He goes, Well oh, you can't get rid of something unless you have it first. Right. Like and what what he was saying was, embrace it. Right. You, you we all have what he was saying was, Of course I have a massive ego. I have people that come to see me right. talk. So I but you it, the the if when you turn away from something in you, mm-hmm. it just makes it ten times more powerful. Right. But if you go, oh, yeah, I have these fucking thoughts. I have racist thoughts. Yeah. It, it, someone that – I'm always suspicious someone goes, I am colorblind. I have no racism in right. me. I'm like, okay, I think you're being a you – You're know, wasting I, my time, actually. You're, yeah, you're <laughs> wasting your, your time. But if you go, oh, yeah, I've had some pretty horrible stereotypical thoughts about blacks, about Jews, about women, about – Of course. Not just like – uh, other white people, like people from the South yeah. or hipsters from Brooklyn, or like I just have all those thoughts. But if you just go, oh fuck, I have those thoughts, those that, that came from fear, it came from misunderstanding, and then you make fun of it. That's right.
1: Well, I, I in on your album, mm-hmm. I hope you don't mind me spoiling one of the premises. You talk about it, but getting a prostitute, fuck,
2: you're hurting my sales. Uh, damn it,
3: uh, hurting my fucking sales.
2: Uh, uh, no, yo, go ahead.
1: But there's something to me, and I, I don't mean to bring up a hot topic issue mm-hmm. here, we don't have to talk about it, but there's something about Bill Cosby and, and how much people. What's, saying, time, so
2: what's going on with Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
1: Sorry. What's say, going on with him? Is he... <laughs>
2: he's coming back. He's, oh, he's good, got a no new way. hour. He's got oh, a new wow. hour. I can't wait. to. I'm sure Netflix will show that. <laughs> <laughs> There's something shit.
1: people keep remarking on how it's worse because he was America's dad. To which I say, again, to t- take it off of Cosby, yeah. I think there's something about the fully realized artist who is saying, no, I do have terrible thoughts. In fact, I've done bad things. I've done terrible things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been a shitty person. And not, we're not selling toothpaste. We're showing the complexity right. of everything we exactly. are. Exactly. So when you talk about getting a prostitute, I'm like, fucking A, Patton. Even Letterman <clears> cheating on his wife and stuff, I'm kind of like... Yeah, we all kind of have these vague senses right. that maybe these people are doing it. But if they had been a little bit more honest the whole time, it wouldn't have been so shocking. Well, mine was
2: even worse because not only did I get the prostitute, I got the prostitute. The, the idea It sounds like you still have her when get, you say oh, that. Hang on. <laughs> Sparkle, come here. Say hello to Pete. You like the Pete Holmes show. Um, Hi, Sparkle. Um, it was it was the lizard brain. Um, yes! That, it was the fuckthorn part of my... But that's... psyche that wanted it, and then yep. the minute I got it, it was then, and again it was horrifying and hilarious to me because in the bit i don 't go through with it because what I realize is one thing that I really can 't stand this, this something that just it really repels me um is going where you 're not invited i just any if I sense that someone doesn 't want me somewhere, then i don 't want to be there, and to me, that's... the essence of <sighs> getting a prostitute or or being in a strip club and even worse, raping someone mm. is you are. You are aggressively going where you are. You have not been invited. You're like a vampire. These pe- unless these an people, like you know, rape. It is done by force and it's horrible. Strippers and prostitutes. They're like, give me money and I'll do it. Right. Which is which is a way of going. I have. I would not be doing this if this wasn't some kind of. You're not invited here. Right. So the minute she showed up in the room, I was like, oh fuck, I don't want to do this. Right. Oh no no no. This is. But I. I was too dumb. I couldn't make the connection until I got face to face with it. Yeah. And then was like, "Oh, Jesus." So the the idea that <clears throat> and 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 it I know people, friends of ours who I'm not saying, but I in social situations they they revel in going where they're not invited. Like I've had people show up at parties and they're having a fight with someone that's throwing the party and they're like, "Here I am." Like like and to right. me that's so hilarious because right. you can see all the terror and loathing in them. As they're doing it, and they can't stop themselves. Right now, if you take it to its darkest extreme, that's what rape is. That's what you know. That's this this someone. There are people, and it this is very hard to wrap your head around. There are people that their only turn on is fucking a person that doesn't want to fuck them, right. and which which is so outside of my think. Like I can't. I was, it's like someone going, "Well, how can someone be a Nazi?" It's like, well, because it's outside of your thinking, but you have to imagine what that's like so well, it's that you like the can movie happiness like yes. the only
1: thing that makes you happy is is shooting up a school or whatever or yeah, not a school God, he it's... shot up a park yeah and it, he also so fucked up rapes a kid in that movie yeah and the point of that movie i like that movie it's very very dark oh boy but they're kind of like imagine if your brain now the thing
2: that i would say yeah, about... what if you have to go there, there was an episode of um the mental illness happy hour where uh um, Paul Gilmartin Martin is talking to a guy who knows. He talk, remember, he talked to that pedophile. No, that's like I know that I'm a pedophile, I, but I want to live a life, and I have structured my life so that I'm never around kids. And it's something that I know I can't. Control. It, it is the one of the hardest things to listen to. But that shit exists. Well, that was capturing the Freedmans. You saw capturing oh, the Freedmans. Oh my fucking good. yeah! Where there's the that's park- one of those. That's one of those. Yes, I saw it once. Yeah, I never need to see it again. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, where he says we need to move because there's a child over there. And, you know, it's, it's I talk about that. On, I, I'm not the only one to talk about that on stage is that, like, you can't choose what you're into. But then you unfortunately, right. the point of my bit is you should be glad that you're not into fucking horses. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like, <laughs> that could have gone the other right. way sort right. of idea. But to talk about your rape thing, I was always told, and I'm I'm not an expert, obviously, but mm-hmm. that rape isn't about sex, it's about power, it's about disempowering somebody, it's about that you're hurt and then you hurt somebody yes, else. Yes,
2: I can sort of agree with that, except that there's a lot of penises and vaginas involved in Yeah, in I it. know. And it's also clear, I mean, again, I, I'm not excusing a rapists, and but I'm just saying that it. there are people, just like there are people that are born, there's just people born with bad Fucking wiring. When 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 someone is always like, well, let's look at the source. A lot of them there are there is the source of someone's evil. They were abused, but every now and then someone gets born into loving parents and great circumstances, and they're fucking. They just lost the genetic lottery, and their brain is wired to do god-awful things. Well, you were
1: talking about the lizard you know? brain in you, the fuckthorn, you called it? Yeah, the that, fuckthorn. That thing. wanted to order the prostitute. And I yeah. think there is something that we all need to do, which is we acknowledge the parts of our meat. I'm not talking about yeah. our souls or our essences or whatever yeah. you want to say, but just our meat that is betraying us and saying, this comes up every time we talk about this stuff But those guys that, it was just on NPR, no, it was on Radio Lab. they yeah. talked about a guy who they could uh, remove tumors in his brain to yeah. and his pedophilia, pedophilic urges went away. Have you read about it? No, happens all the time. I mean, the guy wow. that, and this always comes up. The guy that did the shooting in Texas, one of those first. Like, Charles sort of Whitman, hat, he wrote in huge, his note, he was like, "I felt this growing in me." And yeah, Charles Kiki looked,
2: Friedman wrote that song about him. There was a rumor of a tumor. Is that it? Nestled in the base of his brain. Yeah. Well, Um, that
1: rumor checked out. That, but then so that just goes back to the meat of it all. Like it's, it's, I I fucking hate that I have a dick. I I find it embarrassing (laughs) to have a dick. I'm talking about it a little bit on stage. I'm just like, do you know how humiliating it is to have a thing that buys the theater of pornography? Yeah. Thinks something is happening. Thinks he's impregnating
2: a vagina. He's not doing shit. He's a fucking dummy. He's a dumb dick. Right. And then there's like, like. You can you you can you can jerk off and then the, the and then it goes away for a right, little bit right but it's always like like it's almost like as your dick is going limp it's like I'll fucking see you soon <laughs> as it's going down I'll, it's Doctor Claw basically but there moment. are yeah but there are some people that clearly you see them like the you you read their case histories these these multiple rapists yeah. and the, where the jerking off helped for a time and then it wasn't enough right like that has got to be. That's got to be horrifying on so many fucking levels. It's, well, you know, if the- you're aware of that, and it, which is and again it, the, the the Bill Cosby thing is so fucking awful. And what's even awful more, worse, I think, for comedians is a lot of us have known that for a long fucking time. We've it, it's it's a it was a very badly kept secret in the comedian world, and a lot of us that would talk about it. I mean Bobcat Goldthwait would mention it all the time. Really, People people just go, "Ah, oh, it's bullshit. I don't believe it." You know, it, right. it took that long. Yeah. And, and what really drives me fucking crazy about it is the idea that these women uh, just imagine and and he would he would do this he did the shit he did to these women when they were young and they're on this upswing when oh wow my i'm gonna help my my life is starting my career starting oh i'm gonna meet bill cosby and this awful thing happens they can never talk about it so he's just shot the ground out from under them not just in that one incident but for decades of their lives, when they're supposed to be enjoying the time when they're in their physical prime and their mental prime, like enjoying life, uh, some guy takes that away from them. He doesn't lose a second of sleep over it, does it? And by the way, the, uh, how many p- women have come forward at this point, like 13? I thought it was up to 14, yeah. Okay, well, that, that, that means that there's hundreds. That means you that there's fucking so? hundreds. I'm just, if you see one cockroach, there's a thousand in your house. Right. So, and they had to sit there for decades, while well, this guy did this over and over again didn't lose any sleep was was beloved yeah. and, and even now you know everything is being this is the same problem I went through with George Bush which was everything is being taken away from him but at the worst he lives in comfy seclusion for the last years of his life he lives right. in absolute um uh, lux- he lives in luxurious exile. He has heated leather floors. Heated wow. leather floors for wow, the rest of his life. Yeah. yeah, and and it was that thing where, like when 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 George Bush finally left office, I was like, guys, you're not going to get your Nixon ending here. He's gonna he's he has burned the country to the ground, and he's going to go off and he's on a horse right now and play Minecraft <laughs> and paint and and never and and have ten hours sleep a night and right and just and die a healthy old man. Yeah, you know, like and that and 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 that is. That is one of the horrors of of life it is you know it, you know is is Lenny Reifenstahl is hundred and three years old, uh scuba diving with her young boy toy guy, and you know right. basically did, made movies for Hitler right you know and then and and fucking um John Ritter drops dead when he's fifty one and it's like apparently the nicest guy that ever lived right. And and you've got to and the universe makes you swallow that shit sometimes. Right? Wow, this is a fucking awful pot. This this no. is be the grim. This isn't comedy, bang bang. There are people. There are people. Look, if you're th- if if you're about to drive your car into an abutment, I'm I'm sorry. I'm responsible. I'm well, fucking no, responsible. this is the
1: thing that I want to talk about. It to me, it's the it's the difference between our our carnal side, our and our fucked up. It's the difference between Vader and Skywalker. Basically, <laughs> we don't want to become the machine. It's true.
2: Yeah. Well, it's a uh, big
1: fucking problem and like I think Yeah, the only- and
2: and what's also scary is becoming a machine is easier. Of course, you know it having is. to. <laughs> oh, I cut this my the, I, this my body doesn't age. So I, I replaced the legs; they yeah. don't get sore anymore. Like, right. there's that temptation to of shut course. all that shit off. It's that machine. Feel
3: thing. the power. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. That's, that's what he and says. Not, well, not only are they, but, but the other thing is, not only are they saying feel the power, they're like say goodbye to all the pain. We'll we'll take all that shit away, and that's right. You know, life is about. Loss and having shit stripped away, and it's childish to turn away from that stuff. And a lot of times, I think when people do shit like that is because they don't want to deal with the loss of life. We were talking about,
1: uh, I was talking with Larry Charles about the ethics of a comedian getting hair plugs. (laughs) (laughs) And we didn't talk about it long. And in fact, nobody really took note of that topic. I was like, people are going to know that that's my question, and Uh, what a good question. Because I was like, is it our job to get hair plugs, or is it our, our job to let the world watch us decay?
2: I'm supposed to, I'm I'm going to fucking get, I'm going to age so fucking badly, it's going to be, it is going, I am going to be, I'm going to be like something that, that like Rick Baker didn't even dream of. Rob Botine when he was doing the thing, they were just going like, wow, look at that. Yeah, who gives, I mean, look, I understand, I can understand like hair plugs and and But but look at everyone, people like Frances McDormand and Helen Mirren and Patricia Arquette, that they, they end up having these way richer, more interesting careers because they're like, I'm not doing that shit. Right. You know, Patricia Arquette, someone – she has this great quote where people are like, wow, I used to be so hot. What happened? She goes, I didn't know that was part of my – job description was to stay hot for you (laughs) i'm living my fucking life i'm enjoying a beer i'm hanging out with my friends i don't want to fucking be on be on the elliptical eight hours a day i just i was watching and by the way if i did do that the kind of shit that would be offered to me would be so boring right but because i'm letting myself age i'm getting to do interesting shit right that's I'm getting right.
1: to do better stuff. I think there's something that you're doing, certainly in that manner too, mm. because when I listen to your act and uh it, it's so funny to me because it's not resolved. You no. know
0: what I mean?
2: <laughs> oh, and that's the other thing too. I love that, you know, certain things, certain jokes and certain viewpoints I had from earlier albums, um are not stuff that I believe in anymore in yeah. later albums. And yeah. I look back and there were you know, I was very casual about references to rape. I was very casual using uh words like retard. Mm. Um early on i didn't know any better but right. that but there's a record of that and there's a record of that Hey, I'm starting to grow. You get to change. That's you what get this to podcast fucking is. Fucking mature. That's go, right. Oh, see, I fucked that up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't. I, I, I don't even want to say the word, but I'm going <sighs> to use it in context here. I didn't even know tranny tra- for transvestite yeah. was an offensive term until I said it on this podcast, and 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 rightfully, uh, people pointed that out. That yeah. uh, that was incorrect.
2: Well, I like the fact that there's a you know again th- this puts that that there's actually a debate within the transgender community. People like RuPaul are like no, that's our word. We invented it. I don't think it's offensive. And other transgender people are like, no, that is offensive, which what I love about the fact that there's a fight is that it shows people outside of that community that it's not just this homogenous, That's faceless right. group that all thinks the fucking same. Right. Gay people fight about everything. Gays and lesbians fight you know, within lesbians themselves fight about certain... Like, it's not their fucking people. they right. fucking people. Right. It's not this, you know, well, you know what the gay community thinks. No, you don't... No, we fucking don't. Right. The gay community thinks 800 different things. By the way, if you talk to the Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan, you go, well, that's what the white community thinks. That's no. Right. Yeah. That's what that one asshole right. is saying. I'm from and Boston. The, we got the Irish, oh, and then, then there's the Protestants Christ. and the Catholics. We've divided yeah.
1: ourselves 15 times. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, there's... And, and, and I have... Contradictory viewpoints every fucking day of my life. But then like, from one yes. hour to the next, I'll 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 read something that like say uh uh like like say something that like Steve Saylor will say, who's this basically a white supremacist writer. Hmm. But every now and then he'll say something like, ah, fuck, that kind of makes sense. And then I gotta wrestle with the I'm I'm open to the sloppiness that- and the wrestling and yes. the ah, shit, how do I counteract that? How do I you know, but but there's this there's this movement among a certain a certain sliver of progressives and it really bothers me of um no freedom of association. You have to reject everything that someone says if they say one thing that you that, that you don't agree with. It's like no, you have to I'm I'm all for the wrestling and the fighting. There you go. You know what I mean? But I, I
1: feel like it's been told to us uh, maybe less now. I don't know. But when we were growing up, they're, they're almost like a, a folklore of the danger of having an open mind. Because what you're saying is very sloppy. You keep saying yeah. sloppy. If your vault is unlocked... Uh, it's almost. I feel like isn't that familiar? The idea that you're going to get ideas in there that you don't want. It's well, better that, to keep not, it simple. Then you're not.
2: You you don't have a very high opinion of your own vault and of your and of yourself. <laughs> yeah. If you can't, li- the idea that you could like, if if I remember when I was in college, I read Mein Kampf, and I could a barely stop from laughing. It was it was this basically document by it's the a most, comedy, but no, it's just it's <laughs> it's this book by the most pathetic human being yes ever. It's 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 literally a book by a dumb guy who what he's saying is, I what, the world needs to be less smart so that people it's it's offensive that people like me right are 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 discriminated against because we can't hold all these different ideas. It, like right. it, in a way, it's almost like an onion article. It's so <laughs> pathetic <laughs> and, stupid. and the but but it, it really says something that. People think that oh, you can't read stuff like that, or you can't read something by a, a John Derbyshire, right? Or a, because he's going to infect you. No, you should be able to read anything. That's right. You, I, when I read Charles Krauthammer, I don't go. I guess I got to change my opinion. No, I read his stuff and go, fuck that guy. Right. Oh, My God, like you can just see the. So you know, I, I don't. But I, I would you read Dianetics? Absolutely. Yeah. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. I mean, I've I've I have not I have not read Dianetics. I have read Going Clear. I've read a lot of. Articles about, I mean, I remember, um, you know, I'm I'm friends with, I'm going to drop a name, but hit it. I'm friends with uh, Harlan Ellison, who used to live down the hall from L. Ron Hubbard in the 60s when they lived in Times Square. They're both struggling writers. And he said, you know, Harlan would say, I could stay up all night and write a 3,000 word short story and take it down to Ziff Publications for my penny a word and, you know, uh, get my $30 voucher and uh, go, you know, pay my rent and buy a plate of spaghetti. Uh, L. Ron would gobble speed and he could write a novel yeah. in an evening. Yeah. And he'd go sell the novel. And so it was just weird, like, no was, way. Yeah. So, you know, he that's was, amazing. He was a speed addled kook. So, why wouldn't you read the stuff that that? Would, oh, I love a good tweet, yeah, too. <laughs> I want to know how these people
1: think. But I feel like, you know, maybe it was being raised religious. Like, we just didn't uh, fuck with other religions. And it was it was easier. I'm not saying it was better. I, I'm yeah. saying there was something easier about being like, yeah, I see it a little bit in sports fandom. It's like, this is well, my clan. This, I see it in nationalistic thinking. This yeah, is my yeah, country. Yeah. No, my no. School. You look, you
2: got to find your tribe, but it's okay to be curious about other things. I don't, I don't see how it's harmful to look at other stuff and, you know, especially, again, but if you always have the viewpoint of, let me, I'm going to keep an open mind. I'm not going to go at it with my eyes rolled, but the minute it gets stupid, I'm going to go, oh, guys, come on, right? please, come We're, on. I, I mean, I've, I've read the Bible. I, I lead, I'll, I'll read different articles from, you know, different, there's a, a writer, uh, Garrett Kaiser is one of my favorite writers. He's a he's a Christian author. He's a genius, but he, um, and he makes, you know, he, he opens my head to a lot of stuff that, again, I don't think it's, I don't think any of it is real, but some of it is kind of well written, sure, and fascinating. And some of it's fucking crazy, yeah, but entertaining because it's so crazy. Sit so down and read Leviticus sometime, and go. How is this any different than shit you would read in like comment sections <laughs> on like on like men's right activist, um threads? It's goddamn nuts and so fun to read, you know. But
1: yeah, I, I don't. The Old Testament is a big thorn in the side of any oh, modern man enlightened pastor.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, look, the Old Testament is to is to progressive Christians what um, the Southern Democrats during slavery times must be to progressives now. Like, <laughs> yeah, we were kind of against. That was a genius <laughs> analogy. You Sorry about that. You could have taken a twenty-minute break. and not... I don't know, to know why one. more progressive uh, Christians don't just wink at that shit and go, "Yeah, there's some fucked up stuff in there, man." Right? We know. And, and and by the way, a, a lot of my friends who are Christian and progressive, they do know that. They're, right. They're very open about you know whenever someone the the guys who lived above us in college were Christian, and they were always pointing out like, oh, by the way, you know, like th- this this phrase is always said, and they very conveniently leave off the very next sentence, right? Because the next sentence is the goddamn craziest thing ever, right? So they just kind of tend to leave, of that course, shit out. Well, that, so always remember that. Like, just that's know. right.
1: That's the beginning.
2: I think, uh, at least from. Mm. By the way, there are some there are some accidental um, comedic moments in the Bible where Jesus is giving the Sermon on the Mount and saying, you know, look for God in the private place. Don't build a church or worship in the temple. And people right. are like, yes, we need to build a temple for this. He's like, <laughs> oh, guys, what? The-? Like, It literally is like – it almost has sitcom rhythms. Right. You know, where he's like – it's like – it's like Sergeant Bilko. Guys, you, right. you can't build temples. You say That's amazing. We're going to build a temple to that. Right. Ah,
3: you do, you disciples.
2: That's not the
1: Sermon on the Mount. That's the uh, Mountain of Transfiguration. Oh, uh, <laughs> nice. I won't bring up any Doctor Who for fear. Very- <laughs> no, that's, I wouldn't. Unless you bring it up to Tom Baker
2: years. I don't know shit about that. But yeah, I no, remember. No, but you're right there. That's very funny. I was just trying to be funny and correct. I, I mean, I, make, I try to make fun of religion in a very general way. Um, you know, my focus tends to be on Christianity and Catholicism because that's what I was raised with. The reason I don't go after Islam is I don't know enough about it yet, but, uh, but, you know, because I I get a lot of shit for that. Oh, you make fun of Christianity. You don't have the balls to go after Islam, do you? I'm like, well, if it makes you feel any better, I'm sure Islam is just as full of shit as Christianity. Mm -hmm. Christianity. I just don't know enough about it to make fun of it yet. If I have time to sit down and read. You know, stuff about it. Then I'll go, oh, geek, are you kidding me? You know, right? Sure. The one thing I do know that I think is kind of hilarious is that I know that the the, the split between um, Shiites and Sunnis was about who gets to take over Islam when Muhammad died. So it was going to be his son. But then like this other son in law, actually, he then he so it's almost like. A guy that runs a bait shop, and like, and they give it to his son. But then the goddamn sister married some dude, and this fancy pants asshole he went to Dartmouth. So now he wants to, you know. <laughs> so it's like this weird. I don't know. There's just something about that that I think is kind of beautiful. Well,
1: that, it's all this. You were saying something you said earlier yeah. that I thought was great. You were saying you're saying it's fake as a compliment, which I, which I think is
2: interesting. I think it's beautiful that it it's it's a further testament to how beautiful mankind is. It in the face. Of a lot of awfulness, watching your loved ones die, watching people age. Mm. You know, um, we make up stories to make ourselves feel better. That's beautiful. Are you open to the idea that we make up stories because
1: there's some sort of transcendent truth we can't put our finger on?
2: Yes, I am. Not only am I open to that, I'm open to an even bigger theory that I just read about. You know, the the multiverse theory that there is every... There's a. But please
1: please explain it. I'd I'd like to hear you explain it.
2: There is a... um, And I think it's based on... It comes out of string theory. And it's based yep. on how light and time and, and space. Um, there is a version. There is every possible version of the universe existing, and we are just in ours. Right. And we are against these. They're called brains. B R A N E S. And it's literally different dimensions all fanning out. But but one. But this theory is open to the fact that not only um, uh, can every Possible variation of, of the universe exists. There's there's one where I'm not married. There's one where you're with somebody different. There's right. one where I'm not a comedian. There's one where one an where, eagle lands on your head when you leave. An eagle lands – yeah, no, there is. No, there's that one. <laughs> there's, but there's also <laughs> – oh, shit, wait a minute. Am I in the wrong uh, – <laughs> um, But there's also deme- – like stuff that we have in our dimension is fictions, superheroes, folklore – um, religions exist as reality somewhere else oh, you just, in another dimension, you and the off. reason that we have this because there's such those are such powerful ideas they bleed through into other dimensions. You, and, shut but then they every exist dick. here, but because we can't deal with them, they exist as folklore. Wow. Or, you know, because I mean, if if you think about it, um, Greek myths were all about dealing with what you the limitations of existence and what you don't know, and every Greek myth is about people with. Slightly better powers than normal people that go off into um, beyond the oceans that we know and mm-hmm. they fight monsters and um, bring back um, you know uh, new information new knowledge new powers um, to the point that those those myths were so fucking important that um, emperors and uh, rulers would link themselves to characters like Hercules and um, Jason, and people like that go, oh, I'm part of that lineage. I'm part mm-hmm. of that. Now, fast forward to, to where we live now. There are, are, are shows like Star Trek about people in the future that go beyond the limits of space yep. and fight monsters and bring back new you know, right. technology and stuff. And there are people who live now that go, oh, that character, Captain Kirk, he was born in this city and that's the city I live in now. Oh, wow. So I'm linked to, like, it's the exact, it's this thing that yeah. we do over and over and over again. But then also the <sighs> idea, and this
1: is very familiar ground for people that listen to the show, the idea that that's reflecting the journey that we all have to take. You talk about your vault being being open, that's the same mm-hmm. as getting on the Enterprise and going into a black hole or whatever. Yeah,
2: exactly, is. yeah. I mean, there's the, there's the, there are two versions of it. There's Joseph Campbell's The Hero Journey, and then there's the... There's a much simpler one, which is just called questing and testing, um, because th- that you do it. The hero's journey is you do yep. it once and that's it. But questing and testing is just because in in life you don't just like. And then Pete Holmes went on stage and became a comedian, and that's the end. That's no. right. Over and over again. And now you got audition for Letterman, and now you that's like it's right. just it and never, battle for relevance the you just, rest of your and days. And you battle. That's what <laughs> that's you do. That's the end of yeah. every. Com- and he got yeah. Letterman, and then he battled for relevance. And, the and, rest and of his well, days. I mean, but that's what we do in in real life. We look at these these heroes like. You know, um, Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday, at the end of their life, living down in San Diego, working as a sports writer. And someone's like, well, there's this guy just skip bail. I'll do one last. Like, there's always that one last. And we <laughs> well, have that's these... the odyssey,
1: too. Yeah, he, get, yeah. he gets
2: back home, but then he has to leave one more time. Got to do one more thing, yeah. man. It's always yeah. that one more fucking thing. Right. You know, M- Michael Jordan retires from basketball. I got to get back in one that's more time. Right. Yeah. Muhammad Ali, got to do one more fight. That's right. That's there's, that's why you're here. But that's something good. The unwinnable game. That's what it is, we're all yeah. looking for. Yeah, I, I mean, if you solve it, then there's, is there anything that there was an earlier version of Gemcraft before Chasing Shadows? It was called <laughs> Gemcraft Labyrinth, and I solved it, and I was so bummed out for like a week. Like, what <laughs> fuck do I do now? I I finished it. God damn it! It's
1: like finishing that book that you love, Oh. and you just savoring those last couple pages. <laughs> uh,
2: no, I hate that.
1: So you, uh, you are open – that is a really, really trippy – Larry Charles also a uh, – I, 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 well, he made Religious, so he's obviously not necessarily on board with religion. Uh, your Wikipedia page I, likes to talk about how you're an atheist.
2: Yeah, but, but I'm not – I'm an atheist who loves religion. The only thing I don't like about organized religion is I don't like people who use it to control other people. Yeah. I like – there's something really you – know, which, by the way, I like – um, I like social justice. I like po- political correctness, and I like progressivism, but I don't like when it's used to silence and control other people. Mm. And again, it doesn't happen a lot. There's a, a very tiny minority that will use that to shame people, and but, um, but I speak out against that just as much as I speak out against some religious guy going, well, it says in the Bible, so, so you're going, sure. oh, fuck you. That book that you're holding, <laughs> that's your fucking journey. They, why don't you just walk around? holding a copy of the zone diet and walking to people going oh you're having a hamburger with fries well fuck you that's you don't eat that way in this goddamn book <laughs> hey that's your diet that's not for me
1: ass yeah 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 you know? But going back to the idea of a transcendent truth that we can't quite describe, that art, mm-hmm. poetry, dance, all the things you were mentioning before, and also myth can be pointing, mm-hmm. like, you know, the idea that, uh, you know, a guy pointing at the moon, you're not supposed, this is a Deepak Chopra quote, Right, right, right. Don't worship the finger, you're supposed, he's pointing you to the moon. So the Bible is pointing you to the moon. Exactly. And we're making fun of the finger. Ex- and too yeah. many people have the finger and not the moon.
2: Yeah, I think the, the Bible is a fascinating book. I'm sure the Quran is a fascinating book. Yeah. But, but I Quran to put it down, but those. (laughs) 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 Well, I Quran so far away from it. I need to get back to that. (laughs) I Uh, Quran Quran so so far away. (laughs) Um, But you know, I'm always suspicious of. Again, I like religious people. A lot of my friends. One of my um, there's this a girl named Darcy Stanaforth, a comedian and. Uh, improv person, also a, a budding stand-up, really, really funny, really, really smart. And I remember I spoke with her after I saw um, The Last Temptation of Christ. Mm. And she's very religious. And I, I go, wow, that, you know, she, good Lord. And, and I go, did you, you saw it, right? She goes, yeah. I go, what did you think? She goes, well, it reminded me of who killed Jesus. And I go, oh, who? She said, religious conservatives <laughs> and the spineless politicians trying to please them. Oh, wow. And I hadn't thought about it because if you watch the movie, yeah. they, the regular practicing early Christians and Jews, and they're horrified by what's going on. Like, the fuck is happening? Right. It's the Jerry Falwell types right, right, right. in the temple and the politician going, I'll curry favor by, like, going with this guy. Right. Those are the guys killing the dude that's going, can't we all just be nice to each other? right, all? right. Like, right. You know. Stray, uh, the people pulling strings, the Illuminati. It's the it's we'll the it. um, it's the Jerry Falwells and the Sarah Palins. Yeah, sure. Or those are the ones killing Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know that kind of stuff. I'm always very suspicious of somebody. Like like the whole idea of any religion is you go on a journey, you ask whatever you think God is questions. God never answers you. Mm-hmm. Never. He doesn't answer anyone in the Bible. He orders people around. And then when people ask him direct questions, he answers with other questions. Yeah. When Job is asking a question, he goes, hey, were you here when I put all this together? You don't know what's going on. So the, there's no answer so is, for you. It's the
1: same. You can update that fun fact. It is a fun fact. I'm not condescending. Yeah. With Jesus, too. Every time he's asked a question, yeah, he goes answers well, with real. another question. Yeah. And he's also always speaking to Jews. Like, he's talking to people who are—this is all Rob Bell right here, my friend. He talks about—he's <laughs> about, talking to people who are already in. So we look at Christianity yeah. as this thing, as like going out and, and recruiting yeah. people— He's mostly talking to Jews. He's mm. mostly answering them in riddles, except for the centurion who is Roman.
2: Yeah, I remember what he says to the Pharisees when they're when they're out on the the street corner in a, I think it's Capernaum, and they're like, "We we know of this Jesus, and we're like they're telling everyone that we're way more into him and we're doing it right, and you're not." And then they and actually Jesus like makes a cameo. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey Jesus, how you doing? And he just goes and he literally ne- <laughs> his, he does not stop walking. He just goes, "I don't know you," and then just keeps
1: Boom! yeah,
2: like fuck off. Then he so dro- dropped
1: like, his walking stick. Yeah. Boom! <laughs>
2: Yeah, Bam. How you doing? Yeah, but I'm I'm always ner- I get very very nervous, and it was, it was why I was so freaked out by people like um, George Bush and and Osama bin Laden. Both had the same. The one thing they had in common that was very scary was people that that find religion. They go on a, a journey, and it's the journey itself that makes you you seek God, and in seeking that, that's what makes you a better person. The seeking you, know, you, you don't get to God, right. But you seek Him. Those were guys who felt both felt like their God. Seeked them out and said, You're the one that has to. That is fucking. Anyone who says God spoke to me, yeah, we're done. We're done. I we don't need to listen to you because he doesn't fucking do that. He does not. God is not looking to talk to any of us. That there's no. That's no different than you go to like a. Uh, you go to some fucking fan meet and greet with Metallica, and then when you're done, they're like, "James Hetfield's my friend." No, he gave you a fucking guitar pick that he signed that that, that an assistant signed right. for him, and then you look at the next person in line. You're not fucking friends with him,
1: right? That's real. what about quieting your own mind to the point where you can hear your true purpose, which, for lack of a better term, we call God's purpose for you.
2: Uh, I have not. I've just. I, I've spent about a year and a half doing uh, transcendental meditation. Is that right? Yeah uh but i haven't even gotten close to that i have so much there's so much neural chaff up there well, and there's just there's still i there are still the reverberations of the car crashes that caused yeah. whatever and i don't mean literal but you yeah. know that i got to wait for that shit but i'm but i'm doing the practice yeah. to get to the silence what's your mantra i'm not close i'm not supposed <laughs> to ah, very good <laughs> nice good nice try asshole
1: i just greg fitzsimmons is doing it too you I, know who gave me my mantra who? laura house
2: who's that she's a comedian And and she she, um, discovered Transcendental Meditation and teaches it and is amazing Hmm. Hmm. and uh, and gave him my mantra.
1: We should say this, by the way. People tweet at me almost once a week. They're like, what's a book about TM? There is no book about TM.
2: But there there is a really good starter book that you can read in about an hour. What is it? Uh, It's called Catching the Big Fish by David Lynch. Oh. And it's a simple, simple book where he goes through not just – Transcendental Meditation, but his career and how it affected... Oh, well, thank you for that. It's amazing. You've just helped us out. But Transcendental Meditation is so simple. It is... So
1: ridiculously simple, I know, but they yeah. they kind of dress it up a little bit. I don't know what your friend did, but when I it was oh, Laura makes it. just like,
2: "Here's what you got to do. Here's yeah. what you do." And and you and by the way, when I say "Here's what you got to do," you don't got to do fucking anything, right? That's the whole point.
1: Well, my practice is really adapted to a point where I have a much easier time just sitting still now, which I'm I'm proud of. I'm spiritually bragging, Thank right God, now.
2: because oh, <laughs> the comedians have been talking about that shit. What he fucking settled for. Oh,
1: <laughs> Um, yeah. I just mean like the mantra is there for you, but at a certain point, like you just get used to your time and sitting mm-hmm. on your stupid pillow and you're just kind of yeah. like, oh, it's, it's, it gets, I'm telling you, it gets better. I love it. So it, uh, clearly, how long have you been doing it? A couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't do it twice a day or any of that. I'm very easy on myself.
0: Okay.
2: Very. No, the, I, I'm trying to do it twice a day. I have not. There, there are days, there's like days in a row where I just don't do it. Sure. You know, it's, it's really hard to get to. Um,
1: I would recommend going long too. Try, it, try doing it a day where you let yourself end naturally. Oh, it'll, okay. it'll be about 20. And they'll tell you up and down not to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why? Is that where the good stuff is? Uh, yeah. You got to give it a it's try. It's finite. We don't want to share it. You might go like 30 minutes, but it's yeah. so much. It's like waking up before your alarm goes off. Do you
2: sit or stand or lie down when you do it? I sit. You sit in a chair or in a, like a lotus position? I do sit on a pillow. Okay. Yeah, I sit on a pillow too because yeah. my ass, oh, I'm so old. <laughs> <laughs> no, Pat, that's Sitting everybody. Hurts. Getting I'm getting effort, a standing but, desk, by the way. Are that's you? A, Jesus, your tw- your 20 year old listeners are just like I. They stopped listening to this. <laughs> These old guys talking about death and religion. Fuck <laughs> that. I got time. Desk. By the way, you're and, and and if you're in your 20s and you're that's the thing too. Is I'm a little worried about. Um, again, I I love the internet. I love how more. I mean, again, look at all the awful stuff that's being brought to light. It's good. Yeah. But what I don't like is and this is just speaking purely as a comedian are. These people that go to a comedian's open mic, I understand if it's a paid performance and maybe something, whatever. Even then, I'm just like, hey, look, you can leave if you don't like it. (laughs) But an open mic, that should be – you're allowed to fuck up and say shitty things. That's how you learn. And now that open mics are being – Scrutinized and blogged about, and yeah. demanding—that is a very dangerous. You should be allowed. I've said the dumbest shit trying to get to a joke yeah. in earlier versions of it. That you and you learn through the audience's silence or the audience's ugh, right? But not through I'm being publicly shamed and now I have to oh, never do very you know, that'd be like you know going to walking up to a novelist and just ripping the paper out of their Right, um, typewriter or grabbing their laptop. Before so let me it gets- let me let me read this. Like, well no, that's my first. No, I'm reading it now. Right, and we're judging you on this. Right. Well, I'm. It's not, I'm not ready. You know. So didn't that happen to you? I mean didn't you get blogged about? Yeah, yeah. Something? I got blog I, oh, I don't Honestly, want to go into it. It was and and not only was it was it I got blogged about. <laughs> I thought I was being polite enough to go, "Okay, I'm going to acknowledge this and yeah. and respond politely." And then after a while the blogger, she just took her blog down cuz eh, I'm just kind of tired of it and people are being mean. Oh, hey, thanks. So thanks for uh sorry that this is inconveniencing you. You just, you know, I thought I was Right. So,
1: uh, I don't know what happened. By the way, I remember yeah, was... hearing something about something,
2: but you're right. You know what's interesting? I got angry for somebody uh, taping my set, uh... and that was apparently a terrible misogynistic thing to do. <laughs> well, there you go.
1: <laughs> I did a set last <laughs> night where speaking about you saying uh, rape is a very hot. It's a very hot topic. Obviously, all the
2: kids are talking about <laughs> rape. We're going to be taking your rape questions through this thing. But right now, we're doing our Friday Panty giveaway. <laughs> Tune on <laughs> in. And... <laughs> For some reason, and I'm
1: happy, I'm a silly, silly fun boy. I'm on stage and I'm doing my act and something dark involving the word, I didn't say anything that incendiary, but I felt comfortable to kind of like follow it, even though it was to like, it led to nothing right? right, and a a, a three second beat of awkwardness and then the next bit. And it was fine, but you're right. There's a weird thing about the press. I'm telling you right now, this was last night. Masochistic. I wanted to hurt myself. Yeah. Because I can't. Can, we're talking about Chinese and whis, Chinese food and whiskey. Mm-hmm, burning a day, mm-hmm. feeling guilty. All the things that we God, feed into Chinese the creative food engine. and whiskey.
2: I had Chinese food yesterday for lunch that I didn't want, and I was wearing sweatpants. It was just like this. I'm just going to eat Chinese. It's so bad for me. I don't oh, care. I was wearing sweatpants. Bad. I was wearing oh. sweatpants.
1: No, I mean, look. I mean, but all the different things, including doing something inappropriate or wrong or, or taking the wrong turn yeah. because I'm trying to spur my creativity in some way.
2: Although doesn't it tell you something that someone, let me, I don't, I don't even think, again, I don't think I've ever even made a rape joke. I don't honestly, but someone like, like there was a thing in the Daily Beast that made me so pissed off because, you know, Hannibal Buress has kind of got the avalanche going on this Bill Cosby right. thing this guy was like well Hannibal Barres Hannibal is uh, not immune to having rape jokes in his act so why would he accuse Cosby and then they excerpt the jokes and then you read the jokes A they're not rape jokes B what if they were rape jokes so is that him making jokes about rape is the same as Bill Cosby who doesn't do rape jokes but actually fucking rapes people right. that's the same thing in this guy's head Right, right, right. and it really tells you something that the Mo- the darker comedians that talk about murder and suicide and depression and rape tend to not tend to. They don't do that shit. And people like Bill Cosby and right. that, that that comedian Vince Champ that I wrote about, squeaky clean, is now serving time in prison for a series of rapes he did at college gigs that he would do. No, and it just I'm not, again I'm not saying that oh clean comedians are all you know but. but Equating the word with the deed, yep. to me, is really sick and really fucked up. Right. You, and to you your know? point, isn't somebody that's, uh, again, he's not making rape jokes, but somebody that's not
1: afraid of going in. Bill Cosby never would have said it. It would have been a career ender for him. Right, right. But here's a guy who's talking about anything. It's kind of akin to reading Dianetics or reading anything or reading Mein Kampf is a better yeah. example than Dianetics. Well,
2: I had, you know, I, I had that thing where, that I wrote about um, Daniel Tosh. I was like, the thing he said to that girl when he's like, wouldn't it be funny if she was that was terrible. Right, and it's fucking horrible. You, that, that's just. But leading up to that point, when he was trying to go, Ken, is there a joke in this subject? When the subject being rape, right? Is there a joke in here? And 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 failing to find it, that's okay. Right, you can you can tr- you, you're allowed any thought, and you're allowed to at least try. Is there any humor in this? Could you say the same? I mean, that was Kramer,
1: uh, Kramer, Michael Richards' thing. He said the 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 lynching riff – because he
2: was trying to find a joke in it. No, he wasn't trying to find a joke. That I was see that's no that's different. What he was doing was he was having a fucking meltdown and and flipping <laughs> out because he was he, he's a very funny comedic performer. He's not a comedian. Right. He's not a good stand up and he could not deal with some people being loud. And so he flips out and then if you notice it's afterward once he says nigger nine times in a row and does the link joke then he starts going yeah those words man he's like no no dude you're not you're not fucking george carlin here what the fuck are you doing there oh, no. it, it, it reminded me there was this great thing that um there was a show called two-headed dog with mark fight and jim turner and jim Turner did this hilarious bit about this like encounter guy <laughs> that's trying he, he has a he has like the suitcase and he pulls strings out of it. everyone hold a string Hold it! We're all get connected. And as he's doing it, he pulls a gun out of the briefcase. Like he's not really thinking. Takes this gun out, (laughs) and then and then he kind of has to. And then he just goes. Why do we have these? <laughs> like, like, that's his way of so it, like that was that wasn't him trying to make a joke. That was him trying to save the uh, fact uh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. he had just let the mask of sanity right. slip, and then he's got to go, oh, yeah, because um, the weird- no no you're not Lenny Bruce. It's right, too right. late. <laughs> no, no 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 no. You know the the, the Dana Tosh thing was was bad on on the attacking the girl the way he did that. Right. With, right. Sure. But the trying to find something. But then what I'm saying is here's some of these mindsets. So then I. Wrote that, And then some guy sent me a message on my Facebook page saying, um, you know, violence against women in any form, you know, is disgusting. I will never watch another TV show that you do. I'll never listen to another one of your albums. And I said, oh, so, so you, will you never watch anything with um, Sean Connery in it? Because he talked about beating up, you know, his will you never listen to James Brown's music or mm. Jackson Brown's music? Mm-hmm. They both beat up. And then he wrote back, those guys didn't make jokes about it. Like in his – they did, did it, it, but they were they were very serious. And they weren't making your goddamn so, – so although it also – it does – I mean oh. the thing that I do have to accept – and I had a really interesting conversation with Todd Glass that I hadn't thought of, and he did say one thing, which is when I'm defending stuff like that, I am not including the regressive – Already racist, sexist, misogynistic assholes, as if they're suddenly First Amendment warriors. Right. Like, so, no, no, you douchebags were always doing that. But, 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 <laughs> when, you know, and, and, and that goes for a couple of comedians too. But when yeah. a, when a especially a satirist or a humorist is trying to see if that area works, that that'd be like someone uh, like some racist watching. um uh uh, blazing Saddles and going, oh, see, it is g- no, no, right, this doesn't right. include you, asshole. Right? This is satire, and you don't. Well, it was the same thing when Cosby was criticizing the black community, and suddenly every conservative, crypto racist douchebag was like, right. "See, even Bill Cosby saying, no, 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 this isn't for you. Right. This isn't for you. You don't get right. to jump on this fucking surfboard, right? You know, ugh, so and 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 that was something that I had not considered, and I. So it makes me go, okay, I gotta choose my words a little. Better. I mean again right. saying that I have all the fucking answers and I don't need to grow, that's always a suspicious sign. There's all kinds of shit that I don't know sure. about and I need to learn. You know? And the more reading you do you're like oh like I always poo pooed at the idea of rape culture. That I read enough about it. I was like, Oh shit, actually there I don't see it because this doesn't affect me. Right. You know?
1: What what it's what like guys
2: it? that are that are going um the thing, it wasn't, there wasn't a, oh, boom, now I'm, it was just little bit, you know, um, people's blogs, um, articles, talking, just talking to women that I know mm-hmm. about, you know, stuff that they encounter every day. I'm like, oh, shit, I had never, because I never thought to ask.
1: Right. You know? What did you learn? Because whenever I hear rape culture, I all I know about it is that we're adding to it by making jokes. <sighs>
2: Yeah, again, I don't think... It, it, it not depends, that you're the no, expert. I just, here's, no, no, I, I'm not the... That's the thing. I'm still learning, but <laughs> sometimes we are adding to it by making jokes if the jokes aren't well thought out or sure. the target is wrong. Right. Um, uh, just a little... Oh, um, and I,
1: I meant that we we are. I, I When I hear um, rape culture, I don't roll my eyes. I'm going like, I yeah, understand yeah, yeah, yeah. that when we make light of it, it contrib- this is my understanding, that it contributes yeah. to the idea that it's okay in this very subtle just, way.
2: Just um, uh, the way that... The a, a, a way that a woman gets looked at or spoken to. And it's very, very subtle. And you, if, if even if you point out just one instance of it, you're like, Oh, mm. so what? But, but then you gotta go, no, but that happens Concept. 500 times a day. Right. And the one thing that I did really think about, I thought of all of the writers rooms that I have been in where it's a, you look at the hiring ratio, it's all dudes and they have like one woman in there. Mm-hmm. And, she just gets talked over. Hmm. She just gets fucking talked over. And you see it all the fucking time. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I had to really go deep and think about. Oh, shit, yeah, that is kind of that... Thing going on. I noticed right, that you know.
1: with my girlfriend, it, it's hard, uh, and I talk over my girlfriend sometimes. Me and I'm too. Like, oh, oh yeah, I, I'm doing it.
2: My um, my <laughs> wife was saying, and then she goes. Sometimes you just tune the fuck out. And I'm like, yeah, and I think it's I a. I think it's partially because of the internet, and because I'm not blaming my. I just have attention problems, but sure. because it's all Twitter. But I bet it has. It, it has to have something to do with her being female. Well, they, and we, that they, it's a woman, we, you know, and and it's it, and you don't you don't think about it the reason you don't think about it is because you don't have to and i think a lot of guys and i'm just as guilty of this is you know i got enough on my fucking mind and you know what i know you do there's life is fucking tense but go the fuck just try go the extra step because everything that's on your mind is on their mind plus the other shit they're trying to tell you right is on their mind there right you know yes
1: i do it's difficult this is the, the thing that I always like to say. is I've said it a billion times on the show. But uh, on the New York City subway, you'll think mm-hmm. of this next time you ride oh, it. Oh, boy. Is that the woman gives information and the male voice gives orders. It's just a really oh, interesting... Oh, I never thought about that. The woman that. is just kind of oh. very passive sort of stuff. And there's something, you know, I'm not trying... I'm just... It's not even devil's advocate. I'm just like, there's something about the dick... That I think that's one of the reasons why we're just like, well, we're the dicks and they're the yeah. vaginas.
2: Well, you know, it's it's why and I'm not saying
1: that's right. I'm just saying we're the imposing, outward, stupid, oblong, yeah. throbbing, obvious, dumb. Did I already say yeah. stupid thing that goes into things? It's just like, oh, I'm here, and the vagina yeah. goes, let me take your horseshit and make life.
2: <laughs> well, you you know what? That that's one of the theories as to why men. So many mostly. Films are mostly directed by men and mostly edited by women hmm. um, because men are all about,
3: I just, I just shot six miles of film, man. I got my vision. Right, right, right.
2: we're like, just everyone out of the room. I'm going to turn this into That's a right. fucking – You know. Everything based looks like wombs. Literally <laughs> name every great film. It was edited. And by the way, editing by a woman means she was the co-director. That's right. Because that movie would not have worked if she wasn't going to go, guys – I mean, literally, I had no you know? idea
1: editors were so important. I watched the film
2: being oh, edited and, and, recently, and one of the one of the things <laughs> I think is stopping more women getting to be directors is they are fucking amazing editors, and people don't want to like they don't want it because like well, if we let them direct, we're going to lose another great editor. So. Mm. Let a woman actually shoot and direct a movie. but it would be. I mean, look at Catherine Bigelow, look at Lexi Alexander. You know, all and even back in the fifties when um, uh, Ida Lupino. Um, I mean her movies are, are? They did not get huge releases. She you got so many. She got I fucked don't. over by, um <laughs> uh whatever studio she was at, like cut her contract and uh-huh. said we don't want to work with you anymore. She goes fine. I'll just fucking start directing, and and made these movies that that you watch them now and it's like these. This movie would have trouble. This movie would be controversial today. This is so hmm. hard hitting and amazing. And she was making it back in the fifties. No way. It's just amazing. You know, What's so, it called again? Her name is Ida Lupino, uh-huh. and you should. Uh, she did um, a, a movie called The Hitchhiker, is amazing, and um, The Outrage mm. is amazing, uh, and and just tackled subjects that people are like, we're not gonna, you know. She the, the the outrage is about a girl that gets raped and the way the town treats her. <laughs> like it's her fucking fault. She, this is in the fifties, yeah, In the fucking fifties. Yeah. So you know that just so you know. The, Back just, when people thought it was your fault, like that was yeah. like a normal, yeah. close-minded idiot thing. Yeah, I mean, look, you you always <laughs> always have a long way to go. You always and these guys that all this like all that not all men and all that. Look, I yes, you. I know that you're. By the way, the, the most feminists I know. Are, they don't think of themselves as fully evolved. They're like, I'm learning too. I'm mm. exploring new territories. So why the fuck don't we? Mm-hmm. I don't know why that's a big scary ass. If you are, if you're so fucking secure, if you're so fucking secure in your manhood and your place, then aren't you open to going, I'll, I'll, let, let's tear it all down and see if any of it's wrong. Right. I mean, if, I if, am... if, if if what you're if what you're saying is totally right, then you should have no problem questioning it. Right.
1: Well, if what you're saying, if I think that actually kind of goes back to males and how sensitive we are about our sexuality, which is like, if you're so sure you love vagina, are you sure you don't want to watch this dude blow this dude? Or whatever it is. Like, I remember in Masters of Sex, they were talking about how many guys just pay to watch, watch two dudes fuck all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. I think that might be one of the cornerstones of why minds aren't more open, because if you start dabbling, you might like something that isn't popular. Exactly. Right?
2: Yeah, and and just, I, I don't... Again, it's 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 so. I want gay marriage legal, not because be, beyond it being yeah. Why is it a, let them? I I just don't want to be embarrassed in history books and they look back at 2014 and go yeah. By the way, these idiots were still fighting about gay marriage. <laughs> Just thought uh, that's how dumb that time was, I'm like, and and I just it's like I feel like I'm screaming at future generations.
3: I'm not a part yeah, of this shit. Yeah, yeah. I was oh, God damn it! I know.
1: Philip K. Dick. It's they were writing so about f- flying yeah. cars and credit systems.
2: Yeah. Uh- <laughs> it was never like <laughs> rampant homophobia. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Boy, they didn't see that shit coming. Uh, Who knew to be the best science fiction author,
1: all you had to do was imagine things
2: being the same. Boy, if Isaac Asimov had written homophobes and jetpacks, he would have been laughed out of the Nebula Awards. But he would have been right. (laughs) (laughs) That's some good
1: stuff, man. Yeah. It was,
2: I'd be remiss to know,
1: because you're such a fantastic comedian, when I hear you talking about this that stuff. That is true. It is true. That is. And
2: that, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to, no, I can't argue with that. Pat, I, my heart is hard. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to keep an open mind, <laughs> but I just, ugh. Sorry. But it, my my
1: heart is kind of hard. Like, I know what I like, and, and I feel mm-hmm. like I uh, have some taste. And I was listening to your album and genuinely laughing out loud. I love your stuff. Dude. It's so great. Thank so, you. Oh, well, come on. What do you think the young ones that are going to devour this podcast, what what would you like them to know? I know I've heard advice you've given before, and it's just priceless.
2: Well, for one thing now, I mean, if you're living in Los Angeles or New York or Chicago or San Francisco or Austin, I mean, I'm just speaking of the, of sure. the scenes I've seen. And Baltimore, actually, the wave of comedians coming up right now is so fucking great it is the ratio of good to bad is so beyond what it was when I was there right yeah i I could i mean it this is if you 're thinking of doing stand up even if you decide it 's not for you, just go to open mics because there is so much amazing free entertainment there are names right now you are for free you could you could be going to see things people that right now imagine this is like 1981 and you could go and see Chris Rock and John Stewart and Louis C.K. Yeah. for free somewhere, and you're not going, because <laughs> you're like, I don't know about open mics, and you can go and see this. It's happening somewhere. Just go watch an open mic for fun. Yeah, just for fun. I mean, I <laughs> I, I I've been so busy with traveling, and also I wake up at six a.m. So it's like some nights, like nine o'clock. I'd like to go to bed. But <laughs> That's me. And I I, woke I up have at to 9 like work on new stuff. So I yeah. went to the uh, put your hands together at the UCB, and I was I was. Inspired and depressed <laughs> by how fucking great everybody mm. was. I didn't have that luxury of going. God, this news. I guess the last time it was funny was when I was doing it. No, <laughs> we were ramping up to the shit that's yeah. happening now. It's so good. So, um, my, advi- my advice. My if, advice. If you're thinking of going, if you're thinking of doing it, just go to Note Mike. Just for the pure pleasure's sake. Um, and then my other advice. Here's my wish for people that are actually committed and they're going to go do it is, I, I hope that you are given two gifts. I, I got two gifts that are being taken away from a lot of people now because of the internet, because of camera phones, and because of people that can just have their own YouTube channel and their Twitter account and mm-hmm. stuff. I hope you are you have a few years of obscurity where you get to go up and it doesn't matter if you bomb or kill because mm-hmm. you, you get to develop a purely unique voice. And the second thing is I hope you have one night of just absolute flame-out disaster on stage so you can get that – so that you can have that experience if you wake up the next day and, oh, the world didn't end. That's right. And then you lose that fear. I think a lot of people now, the one bad thing – it's not even a bad thing, but all these these new shows, Hot Tub, Sleepaway Camp, um, Full Up, Put Your Hands Together, the audiences are so great Mm -hmm. that – it's getting harder and harder for a lot of these young comedians to find an audience to bomb in front of. Mm. That the audience is like, Jesus God, you know, because um, they're so fucking supportive. Mm-hmm. I had audiences that, fuck being supportive or unsupportive, they were just hostile. Mm-hmm. And you really got over the, uh, oh, okay, it doesn't really matter. I can do whatever the hell that's I right. want. That's right. So, you know, that's the, I'm, and, and I don't, I don't hope for those two things. In any malicious way, I hope for it. So You just you can want to get really over the – uh,
1: you think it's your fight or flight mechanism. You think yeah. you're going to die. And when you don't, you can recover it yeah. and, and be more fearless.
2: And there's another piece of advice that Andy Kindler gave me that I pass along to every young comedian because I, I went to him. was like, hey, would you watch my act? Because I just – I worship him. And I was like, let me know what you think. But he was like, I'm not blowing you off. Never, ever – Ask any other comedian to watch your act or give you advice because even if they give you great advice and they have the best intentions, all they will do is make you more like them and it will make you less unique. Mm. F- figure out on your own, even if you go down the worst side paths and and, see, and you, you're going to feel like you're wasting time but you're actually not. Hmm. That – the waste of time doing something stupid is going to pay off huge dividends later. Because you'll be you. and, and Yeah, and you'll look back and go, holy shit. What right. a- I went down some of the dumbest fucking paths when I was starting out, and I'm glad I did. Because mm-hmm. I know what it feels like to get easy, cheap laughs. And I know that that feeling is actually bad in the long run, right. so I go for the better stuff, right, right but right. I wouldn't go for the better stuff the way that I do if I hadn't heard those years of like, "Well, I know this will fucking work, yeah, you know yeah yeah, oh, yeah. you need you need to get to that point of like, "Oh, God, what the fuck am I doing, yeah." On your own. On your own. You, it's like you
1: have to parent yourself and you have to be like, I need to yeah. learn a hard lesson. Yes. No, it, <laughs> Let him walk into that fire. <laughs> you gave Joe DeRosa a piece of advice. I, I've
2: been listening 99%. Get out of the business and he was... didn't listen to me. He did not. Fu- that asshole. And now he's doing well despite me. So uh, fuck him. Do you remember what it was?
1: <laughs> I never do this. I almost want to call him because he, he always. Do you mind? Yeah, go ahead. We're gonna call
2: Joe to. I can't imagine Joe needing advice though. That's so weird. He's, he's that so, guy. I know he's so funny. Fuck, is he funny? He's and so. And he's the guy. He's one of those guys too that he's so aware, and that he gets really pissed off at things, and then midway through, he'll realize, "Oh, I'm actually the asshole here. Like, I'm the one who's causing the pr- like I and and for him to to know that young. Really, Mike? You're not supposed to realize that till you're older. You That's, already know yeah. that shit now. No, Fuck you! Because he he <laughs> he broke himself,
1: and now it's yeah, hilarious yeah, to watch yeah, yeah. this broken ac- egg. Hey, Joe, are you there? Why does it say nothing? Uh-huh. Why would it do that, Patton? I could call him if you wanted. <laughs> uh, you call him and see if he answers. <laughs> Fucking asshole!
2: <laughs> wait a minute. What if he did? <laughs> That's that would good be, radio. Oh, wait a minute. That would be good radio. Hang on. <laughs> Hang, on. Hang on. I'm going to see what Joe's doing. All right. I have a New York number. Is that still his number? Does he switch to an L.A. one? I believe it's still the same okay, one. Okay, good. Hang on. Let's give him a call.
0: <laughs> Hello,
2: Joe.
1: I'll put on speaker. Oh, Jesus. Hang on. He's Hello?
0: That fucking asshole!
2: <laughs> <laughs> Joe? Hello? Joe? Yes. This is Patton Oswald. Patton! Patton! Yeah, hey, so you're just there answering your phone?
3: <laughs> yeah, this is what I do sometimes when it rings.
2: Can I put someone else on really quick? Roses! You
1: son of a bitch, I just called you and he didn't answer!
3: Uh, well, Patton. In all fairness, Patton's number came up 323.
1: Three. I thought it was my manager's office. <laughs> so, even better. You thought it was your manager. Nice. I'm with Patton, first of all. I'll allow it. I do that all the time. Yeah. Secondly, cool. I love you, Roses. Third, I'm trying to remember the advice. He's doing the podcast. We're recording this. What advice did Patton give you? Because you quote it to me all the time, and I'm blanking on the day.
3: Oh, he said, uh... he said, uh was i remember do you have time for like a full story yeah do anything, it man like mm-hmm. full, oh yeah he goes uh I, we were backstage at caroline's and it was at the time that all those um celebrity uh like love shows were out like flavor of love and rock of love and, oh i remember so and so love don't so whatever and uh and i said you know fact, i'm working on this bit idea i want to do this thing about like you know, if you're a person that wants to be on one of these shows, and then, like, you know, you'd rattle off every show that was, like, 17 them at time. I go, you're, you know, you're a horrible person, and da-da-da-da, the bit went from there. And, uh, and I go, what do you think of that premise? And he goes, and I go, I go, do you think that premise is too much like a Bill Hicks joke? And he said, I don't think it's too much like a Bill Hicks joke, but I don't understand why you wouldn't want to do it. And I said, what do you mean? He said, all you're doing is going on stage and talking about something you already know you agree with. Where's the exploration in that? What I try to do in every joke is I try to have the moment of discovery. So how I would do that joke is I would say, I used to hate shows like Rock of Love and Flavor of Love because they just parade these whores around. But then I realized he says these it's okay, shows are great because they teach us not who we shouldn't be trying to impregnate. They're teaching us who we need to quarantine or whatever. And I was like, holy shit, that's like a hundred times better than the joke I was trying to write. And uh, and then after that, I was like, yeah, that was like the advice. Like, always look for the moment of discovering the joke. Don't just go literally down, living linearly down the path. Like, try to hit the point where you go, well, I thought this, but then I thought, now I think this, because I realized that, and then that led me to this, blah, blah, blah.
2: That I love it. That's great advice. Wow. Well I thanks for reminding me of that, Joe. Damn, dude. <laughs> well, so when I tweet this out, I'm gonna go Cameo by Joe DeRosa. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and why didn't you answer when I called? Oh get,
3: Pete <laughs>
2: <Goddammit>. <laughs> Joe, I'll call you later. He's 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 an idiot. I you were
3: just calling to be like, Why didn't you come to the to the Reunion
2: show, roses. Well, why didn't you come to
3: this? <laughs>
2: I'm <just> Joe, kidding. <laughs> I'll call you later. Good, thank you for answering. Thanks for that, man. Bye. Bye, roses. Of course, bye. Yes. Now, we I have- want to just say how the oh, that sounds like he totally contradicted the advice I gave earlier about never ask a comedian. Oh, about, and that, but however, here's what I'll say in defense. I didn't think of him at the time because we were working together week, and he was so fucking funny. Yeah. I just felt like he was just another fellow he didn't feel like a young comedian to me. Right, he right, was right. great. And that's the thing when comedians turn and they riff and do shit back and forth. It's like in that Seinfeld documentary when he's going, I had this idea about a think tank and he's right. with Colin right. Quinn and George Wallace. Yeah. And he's like and I well, think and, 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 and he's aspect. like, What do I do? And <laughs> then you see George Wallace goes he goes, Sometimes and he's talking about how do you get fired from a think tank? Yeah. And you see George Wallace goes, Oh, sometimes sometimes you don't think and and you see someone go, that's the bit, like, he, yeah. he has the grain. Sometimes and then he builds, just yeah. But then he makes it his own yeah. thing. So, yeah, comedians, colleagues sitting on riffing and building on a bit, yeah. that's different than you're telling a comedian, oh, well, you got to do what I do. Right. So I don't feel like I was telling him, no, you know. I didn't think that at I was all. was like, there's a something there. I don't know?
1: think anybody's thinking that. I think the easy route of being like, fuck the show Flavor of Love is a, a great note for everybody instead of... I, you know, I kind of, as silly as it sounds, learned that on Best Week Ever. Instead of saying, yes. I hate.
2: Because that's all I did. I would sit there and go, I hate this, I hate this, I hate, I hate, this, I hate, I hate that. I, you go like, I love I that show. Out. I was like, wait a minute, what's, is there something lovable about Because yeah. you really can't make fun of something unless you love it. <laughs> saying that you, making fun of something that you hate, it, it, it it's just very limited. You're just yeah. like, well, it, I, I hate it, it's stupid, and here's why. It's uncompelling to me. But you're like, okay, this thing, but I kind of like it. And here's, you're like. Right. Then you're sort of embracing more – and by the way, I would – now I just realized another thing I would add to that is – to any young comedian out there, be delighted with your friends and with other comedians. Don't get competitive. Yeah. It's not a there's not success is not a finite thing. Mm-hmm. It is so huge right now what the ways you can make it in this business. And I remember when I was coming up and there were, you know, my my colleagues, people that were my, my peer group like like Paul F. Tompkins and Brian Possein and Blanka Patch and Karen Kogarov, I would get very competitive with mm. and very like, oh shit, that I gotta But but what I'm what I'm looking at now is that I was happy that I like I I was always in my opinion the least funny of the guys I was hanging out with. Mm. And now I'm and I hated it then. And now I'm thankful cuz it made me work harder. Mm. If you're the funniest guy with every comedian you if you only hang out with people that are less funny than you or you're not going to grow. Yeah. But I was hanging out with the fucking funniest right, people. Right. Sarah Silverman and so you would, and and I then I remember um we were I was doing a a, a thing down in San Diego comedians of comedy and, and Sarah came by to do a guest set. And um, so Sarah and I are backstage, and we're watching Maria Bamford on stage, mm-hmm. just uh, fucking annihilating. And Sarah was, and but she wasn't saying it in a bad way. She was just like, "Fuck, I gotta write more." But she had this huge smile on her face, like, "There's more I can do." Like she's right. showing me other areas I can be exploring that I'm not doing. So now, when the, the, the fact that there are people like, um, uh, Hannibal Barres and. Louis CK and Maria Bamford and um and Bill Burr mm-hmm. people like that that are just on this working on what I think is this other level I get delighted by that mm-hmm. I get delighted that oh there's people that I gotta up my fucking game that's right you know. And it sounds
1: uh, the other piece of advice I'm getting from that is something that I think is very important: is hanging out with people that are headed where you'd like to go. Oh, there's nothing.
2: <laughs> the, the the biggest attraction for me as a comedian, I talk about this in my in my book that's coming out, was there's there's the there's the stage, mm-hmm. then there's also the hang. My work involves me hanging out with people who make up jokes all day, mm-hmm. which it's even the main if, feature. Yeah, e- yeah. Well, <laughs> but even if you're. Even if you're barely scraping by, that beats being successful in an office with people you don't like who are are boring. That's right. To me. That's right. So when I was making seven grand a year as a comedian, I couldn't have been happy because all I did was hang out with comedians. That's right. I remember that. It was the
1: fucking best. I remember that first Thanksgiving. Not just my family, but like some of my friends that I knew. Yes. I was like, oh... Uh, there's a. Be- I found a, a uh, good group. I found my be- tribe. Not a better group. I just found my my group. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. All they want to yeah, do. Actually, that's is make that good. was
2: mean of me to say. For some people, being in an office that is their group and they're happy. Oh, sure. I found my group, and and I, we were not telling jokes we had heard. We were making up the jokes that other people <laughs> were going to be telling. I actually got I got far enough upriver to be at the source of the river. Yeah. And I wasn't down at the delta collecting right. the silt. But then that- and waiting for it to get to me. <laughs> Collecting the silt.
1: What does Snoop Dogg use to clean his clothes? Bleach. You're just, oh! you're just picking up the silt. That's, that's your little <laughs> nugget for the day. Uh, I, think that's, I think that's fantastic and very, very true. And I, I, I think it has so much to do. Like, I see people wanting to do comedy that are hanging out with people that they can't stand. <laughs> oh. just, I don't, I'm not saying you have to hang out, become friends with your heroes. Uh, you That would be nice if it happens eventually. But hanging out with the people that seem to be... Batting for the same. One of the best things that yeah. ever Jim Gaffigan and I opened for him in like oh, two thousand. Another fucking guy.
2: Jim Gaffigan and um uh, Brian Regan are yeah. two guys. When yeah, I watch them, yeah. just like oh god. Yeah, I know.
1: I can't watch either uh, of those yeah, guys. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> I, I can because it'll burn premises.
2: It's 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 easier for me to watch Brian Regan only because Brian Regan is so at a level that I can just go, well, I'm not going to, that's fine. (laughs) Jim Gaffigan is just like, yeah, you should be fucking writing harder. Yeah. Dude is, you know, just killing it.
1: This is ridiculous. He said to me when I was opening for him, it was so simple and I guarantee he didn't even mean it as anything, but he goes, you're not, we're not so different. You and I, that's all he said. And I was, (laughs) I was emceeing at the Cleveland improv and it just, that's all it took. It didn't mean I wasn't funny. I wasn't funny yet but it was just kind of like he sees that i'm he aiming can, for can, the same thing. A fisherman
2: can spot another fisherman. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and and again, my people go who are your influences as a comedian? Well, before i was a comedian, it was Carlin, Pryor, Steve Martin, Cosby, something like that. Yeah. Once i started working, it's all my friends. Yeah. Those are my biggest influences and i had to fight really hard to not ape what they do because yeah. they were a huge influence on me and and it continues to be. I listen to everyone's new album and yeah. i and i'm and like trying not to Sound like Louis C.K. on stage or David Tell? Right, right, right. David Tell's another one. Is a constant battle in my mind. Don't. Uh, I know don't you do want to it. go there. Don't do well, it. Well, that's my Regan. That's why I can't watch Regan. Oh Jesus! The big Christ. yellow one is the sun. Regan. Regan, I can watch just because it feels like a guitarist. Why watch- it? Me watching Regan feels like a guitarist watching Jimi Hendrix. It's like, mm. okay, I'll be number two. <laughs> I'll be number five. Jeez, <laughs> fuck. He can. And he has a pretty uh, special
1: life because he's not, by his own admission, he's not that famous. He can go to Starbucks, as he says. Like, you know what I mean? He's the best. Everybody thinks he's the best. But, like, he's not harassed, I don't think.
2: No. And and and, what's, and that's also a great advantage he has because he can really observe life. He, right. more than any of us, can look at the mundane and it's, none of his stuff is about people bothering him. It's about – and he'll take the most mundane thing and then turn it into the most cosmic yeah. truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll find – Epiphanies, ordering donuts at a Dunkin' Donuts. Right, where, right, I mean, it's a goofy bit, but it's like there's a real psychological insight into humanity in this goofy donut. Right, bit right, 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 right. You know, what is he's this? the closest guy <laughs> I after. I said this about Richard Pryor about just about race. Martians could come down and watch a Richard Pryor routine and go. Now I understand how blacks and whites deal with each other. I get it <laughs> yeah. in that hour. They Martians could come down and watch Brian Regan go. Okay, now I know how humans. Are in their not glorious moments. This is what this is yeah. what day to day humanity is. <laughs> watch you watch. That's the. Oh, I'm saying that that's the shortcut to going. Yeah. Uh, just tell me. Give me the. Give me the. Just the gist of humans. Just watch this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Watch, oh, okay. Yeah. I get These it. are our records. Yeah. That's. Yeah. That's that, our record keepers. That should be his stuff. Should be sent into space on a <laughs> on a golden disc and just, I walked on the moon. And just go. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> the thing about the the guy selling blank cards. <laughs> that yeah, that guy laughs himself to sleep. I'm base. I'm charging eight dollars for a crease. <laughs> 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 Fucking beautiful.
1: We've covered so much, batten We, re- I, we re- I think we, we solved a it. Jo- we solved, we, solved I think it. We solved it. Let me let, just make sure. Promote relevance, p- Well, it doesn't matter. Uh, oh, yeah, come on. It's all play. Well, that's a Deepak thing. I want to tell you. I, I just saw him. Where'd you see him? At the airport. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, you ran into him. I thought I, you like, went to see him speak. Well, I did go to see him speak, but we were on the same flight.
0: Oh, oh, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. And we know each other because he did the podcast a little bit, and he did the TV he show. He did? He did the TV show, wow. and he did the podcast. Wow. And uh, so we're, we're, I don't know what you say, chummy? You know <laughs> what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. not like I go to his house for dinner, but <laughs> okay. I will go up to him at an airport and talk to him right, for Twenty five right. minutes and share a car and all that stuff. The thing that he said that I, I you were talking about ego. I was like, mm-hmm. you're clear. I said to this. I, I was like, you're clearly use your ego. I was like, you have not – I've been to the the Chopra Center. It's glorious. You've built an empire. You clearly employ your ego when it's convenient for you when you need to write a book or do the revisions or whatever it is or go on Oprah. And he was like, it's old play. He just says, it's all play. yeah. And I was like, he, like it's a game. Like, he's right. not attached to it. He's like, yeah, isn't it cute how my ego kind of goes out there yeah. and for you does a new special or writes yeah. a book or
2: whatever. Yeah, my depression and my ego are two things that I treat equally, just like this, oh, here you go. What do you want now? That's all right. right. Okay, I'm not going to give you that. That's right. But we'll do this. How about that? Is that reasonable? Like, but But you can't think of it. George Saunders said, if you – deny a fault in yourself, you've made it ten times more powerful. That's right. Now, and also, now you have two faults. You have the fault you had, and then you have the lie you're telling about it. Fucking so now God. you have two. Jesus. How about that? For the people that so turned this like, podcast off at the hour and a half, shit. Mark, like, boy, you blew it. Eat a bag of Diabetes. Well, I remember, I was talking to a therapist one time about because my ego was really, I was, this was during the Largo days, my ego was just eating me alive, and it was like, I gotta, you know, I was very competitive and just a fucking douchebag, and mm. I, was, I was like, you know, people like Gandhi you know he didn't have an ego and he's like he didn't have an ego he said yeah I'll take on the British Empire that guy had a massive yeah, he ego did. he just used and it. thank god he did yeah because
1: he helped to free a lot of people. You should be able to pick up your mind and your ego like it's a tool. Yeah. That's the goal. You should be able to pick it up, but you should also be able to put it down.
2: Yes. And I was having a lot of trouble. Put- I still have trouble putting it down. Of course down. we do. But still I hope do.
1: the TM keeps working.
2: Well, I, well, I got to keep working at it. But yeah, it's a practice. You would, it's yeah, a it's practice. A, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's a practice.
1: Uh, brilliant stuff. Thank oh, you so, man. so much. Oh, one more question. It's so quick. It's the last question. Oh, boy. Is the, Do you remember the hardest time you've laughed? And no is an okay answer. <laughs>
2: and it doesn't have to be a good one. I always get the, the hardest time. See, I always laugh. My 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 um, rule for comedy is the the lyric from uh, Liz Fair's song "Flower," which is obnoxious, funny, true, and mean. That to me is like the best. You know, obnoxious, <laughs> um, funny, which is funny. why when I was fighting with Salon and and they tried to they 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 gave me this brilliant put down, which is um, we would have laughed at your stuff in the fourth grade. And my friend Kevin Beagle tweeted, um, jokes on them because a fourth-grade laugh is the Cadillac of laughs. Oh, wow. I was like, that's true. um, That is true. So, yeah, anything where it's just there – I'll give you two um, parallel examples. There's an article in that The Onion did uh, that a guy named um, Tim Harrod – I think that's his name – wrote. It's um, visiting – campaigning Al Gore calls Pennsylvania a hellhole. And it's the whole, it's the whole sustained <laughs> article where he's going to each, you know, he's dropped in Al and said this is maybe the worst shithole in the. Like, but it's written as like you know, presidential hopeful Al Gore. Yeah, in and, co- yeah. and, and and he he paused at many parts of the Keystone State to say that. I'm not doing it justice. It is when he goes. One point he's um he's presented with a bushel of Pennsylvania apples and, and um uh President Gore shook his head and said no way no fucking way. <laughs> Um, and he uh, he, alter- he alternately referred to Pre- Pennsylvania's residents as animals and ghouls. <laughs> and he goes, if I'm elected, he goes, um, I just want to say, and at the end he goes, he goes after lowering the state flag and shredding it with a hunting knife and urinating on the shreds, he uh, says, I just want to make it clear that if I'm elected president, uh, I will invite every foreign power to come in here and decimate this graveyard of the soul. He goes, you are not part of the food chain. <laughs> I will not represent you. I don't even want to know what your – sub. <laughs> I'm not, but it is, what, it, is, it is just this sustained – it's one of the funniest fucking things I've ever read. I'm, I'm oh. laughing so hard. And then um, as far as stand-up is concerned, it will be a tie between um, a show that I saw David Tell do at the San Francisco Punchline one night where I laughed so hard. I had to go back into the kitchen oh. to to not watch his show for a while because I thought I was gonna throw up. Oh my god. I literally thought I was it was one of the times I was like, oh, I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> i
3: so um,
2: uh, and then uh What a compliment. Yeah, and then uh, and then also when I watched um Maria Bamford, do her Paula Dean, how all of her recipes sound like suicide notes. <laughs> which I'm not. Again, I can't do it just one of the things but I, I think I'll watch it like eight times in a row and was like, again, like, oh, I might actually throw up. I'm laughing that hard. Like, I can't get enough air. So.
1: Uh, those are three great answers. <laughs> I'll never forget reading an Onion article. What
2: was yours? No,
1: I've told so many. Give me your your Onion article thing. I've told so many that I'll tell you this one because I don't think I've told this one before. It was an opinion article Uh written by Christopher Walken. Obviously, it's not written by Christopher Mm -hmm. Walken, but it says it's by Christopher Walken. And it's just about how much he loves hot dogs. (laughs) And I I just was hooked on every level. I was like, well, clearly it's going to be this type of thing. yeah, And it's going to be this type of voice. And it wasn't. It was just the most sincere. Two things I remember about it. One was... You don't even have to cook them. And I just died at the idea. I'm picturing Christopher Walking. You don't beans. even have
2: to cook. I can't do his voice. Yeah. You yeah, don't
1: yeah. even have to cook them. <laughs> just eating them. And then it ends. The last paragraph starts with, I'd just like to end by reiterating how much I fucking love hot dogs. And I was in a Barnes & Noble in Maine crying, Yeah, crying, 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 yeah, So yeah. those Fucking onion, wow. man. Patton, thank you so much. Would you say keep it crispy? It's what we say at the end of the
2: show. Well, uh, absolutely. Hey, keep it crispy. <laughs> I will. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you. <laughs> wow. That was so good. I've had to pee for about an hour, but goddammit.
3: it. That uh, was- is that right?
0: Now leaving Nerdist.com.